106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. It is, uh, well, it's Tuesday. New Tour Tuesday, that means. Uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, we just put this list together, like just two minutes ago. Uh, apparently, the Chainsmokers have stepped up back up to the plate and have uh, offered something else up. I did was not a big fan of that last song. Now, admittingly, pretty big song. Yeah. Won some awards, yeah. got played you know, a, couple a couple of times. times. You know, it got played a couple of times. I even forget the name of it. Uh, closer. Yeah, there you go. Closer. Um, uh, and so like that ended up being a pretty big record. I wasn't a huge fan. They've offered up another one. It's called Paris. So we'll take a listen to that. Now. I have gotten the back of the bro country, uh, like uh, artist and crowd and fan base for years now, right? Yeah. Like I'm on record, like Since being day one of this. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on their side, right? Like I've been I've been their warrior. Today I feel like I'm gonna throw a lot of you overboard. I'm gonna throw because I, I haven't heard this song yet. But Florida Georgia Line and they're down that see now that's a group now I'll admit like that they're, they're like the Nickelback of that whole thing, right? Like people just love to hate on them. And I will like they're dripping with cheese. The Florida Georgia Line is, but they have made a few songs that have gotten me. I'm like, all right, well, all right, secretly, you know, a little guilty, but like that one, that, that, that one there, I kind of like that one there, right? Like they've done that, but today they uh, apparently Florida Georgia Line has they have teamed up with the Backstreet Boys. That's a thing, and uh, they have uh, given us God, your mama, and me. Now I haven't heard that. I listen to a lot of country radio, like a lot of it, and I haven't heard this song yet. And, uh, well, I really don't want to hear it at all. Like, it sounds terrible. Like, if just on premise. Hey, Florida Georgia Line, the Backstreet Boys, and the song's God, Your Mom, and Me. Like, all, dude, that's three strikes in a row. Like, yeah, nothing good <laughs> in that equation. <laughs> nothing good there. The thing I will say about it is, and I might have to give a little bit of credit to Florida oh, Georgia Line here. Oh, no. I might have to, is that Why? because they're fully embracing it. They're saying, like, yeah. What, we, the we, money? We are a boy <laughs> band of country. Yes, that's exactly what we are. Let's do a song with Backstreet Boys and sell a million Records. Don't overthink it, right? Don't I mean, overthink like, it. They're, they're, okay. At, at least you're not faking the funk. You know what I'm saying? It, it, well, what they worse. are doing, what they are doing, is this: is that you know what? We've seen enough of VH1 behind the musics, and we've seen enough people with talent like broke living in trailer parks now after being big stars. No, not us. We're gonna cash in. We're gonna invest the money right. Like you're seeing exit strategies. What you're seeing, really, nothing worse than when an artist, you know, like like if Saigon Kick is saying we're the most metal band on the face of the planet, that. <laughs> when I have a problem. At least nice. Saigon Kick knows who they are. 607. <laughs> and we got, a, we got a Saigon Kick reference That in. one was for you, buddy. Man, did not see it coming. <laughs> that one was for you. Dude, haymaker. I like it. <laughs> New Saigon Kick today on New Turn Tuesday, maybe? No! The guy died! <laughs> Right? Like, didn't Vince Neil run him over? Yeah, I <laughs> like, think so. They, they flipped the car? Yeah, I think it was. so. I think so. Dear God, dear. Okay, okay. So you're going to give Florida Georgia Line the pass? Then? Maybe, possibly. I don't know. I haven't heard it yet. I don't know. That sounds like a bad system yeah. there. I, I'll just be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. I mean, like I said, and I, I, there have been songs that Florida Georgia Line had that secretly, I'm like, all right, I really do like that. Like a couple. And so there's something there. But I totally understand. Like, I know I get the back of the bro country crowd, but I understand why people don't like Florida Georgia Line. Like that one I get. I can understand it. It's the difference between like the crew and and Winger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like yeah, like I like, I love my like I love a lot of that LA scene. Right. But like and dude, Winger had two songs, but like outside of that, like all right. 
I'll listen to two winger songs. I'm never going to wear a winger t-shirt. Right. And Florida and that, Georgia Line the same way. Same exact way. Same exact way. Right. Although, oh my God. Yeah, I'd probably wear a Jason Aldean t-shirt. That's what I'm saying. You'd wear a Jason Aldean t-shirt. I don't like saying that out loud. It just, just makes dude me dude just smiling. His shirt, he's got a hat on. Jason Aldean. <laughs> I want to wear it. <laughs> I want to wear it. I just don't want to be judged. <laughs> I don't want to be judged. And then uh, coming out of the rock uh, crowd, we should probably talk about this a little since we work yeah, at Rock 1069, which apparently is Canton's rock mother, whatever <laughs> that is. I don't know what rock mothers are, but apparently we're that. Uh, the Dropkick Murphys, Paying My War. Now, I am not the biggest Irish-ish fan, but Dropkick, they are good at what they do. It's just not my favorite thing. Play the bagpipes is what they do. They are, sure, they're going to... I'll be honest with you. The bagpipes honestly might be in my top five least favorite sounds. We are approximately two months out. Babies, ringing telephones, bagpipes, <laughs> Fantone. Like, they're all like right around here. They're all like ballpark. We, we are two months out from St. Patrick's Day, so it's not surprising that Dropkick Dude, Murphy's. Don't tell me. Go tell Sales. <laughs> Dropkick Murphy's is like, all right, it's time to play the bagpipes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what yeah. about us? Hey, what about us? Remember us? Don't forget hey, about us. Get excited. Learn this song before the 17th of March. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Absolutely. So, paying my. Uh, is it paying my way? Paying my way, I believe. Yeah, I can't yeah. read my whole uh, my own writing. I had it. I had it as paying my war. And then locally, I got a letter, and I, I can't even read the whole thing because uh, this lady's uh, cursive is, is a little difficult. Oh, writing cursive. Uh, yeah, but I have a I I have a lovely letter uh, dated on the fifth of January from uh, from a nice woman named Donna who is apparently a grandmother of a guy in a band. And uh, yeah, oh my God! What God. do you're bailing already? Well, no. Now we have grandmas sending in like, oh my grandson's now, band. Now here's the thing on Jesus. that. Like I did, I was like, are you going to go in here and talk about how a grandma's out there listening to you? But the other day, I met a 32 year old grandma. So I mean, Stark County. I mean, welcome to it. You know what I mean? Like we're all in this together. But I mean, it happens. You know what I mean? Alliance, right? I mean, that's kind of the thing. And so I, you know, I, I wasn't going to throw it away solely on grandma. But the band is called The Permanence, and she she likes number nine on the album the okay. most. The song is called Gone Insane. So we'll take a listen to that at nine o'clock. And I, looking at the photo of the band, uh, it, it looks like high school kids. So, like, let's. Well, let's try to remember that. Okay. And be merciless and yeah. make sure they get swirlies and beat up in Nerds! high school. <laughs> if they're songs, I know I'm, I'm totally kidding. Let's try to be nice. Let's. I, I do want to talk to you about this. Okay. Because I feel like we live in a very, very uh, like lucky time right now. Of course. Like, dude, athletics are pretty good, right? I would agree. Like, how good were those football games? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Obviously, highlight of the sports weekend was uh, the uh, the the pack and the Cowboys going at it. That game, so very good. Delivered. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have high expectations on what, you know, a game like that's supposed to be, a, a, a what feels like a team of destiny in Green Bay and what was called the best team in the NFL in Dallas. And to have them go up and, and battle the way that they did, yeah, that totally is exactly why we watch sports. I'm going to hit this over the head a couple of times uh, throughout the show th- this morning, but really what I... I, all right, so I was out at Erie Street Pub uh, watching this game, having a couple of beers, okay. eating some pizza, all right. right? And it hit me while being on Twitter and like watching the game in the bar and all this stuff that that game really showed us the best and the worst of what the NFL has to offer right now. And the best because you saw two quarterbacks playing at a high level. Like apparently nobody plays defense in the NFL anymore, which is fine. I totally get it. You need you know scoring and touchdowns. That way it's exciting for television. I get it. Right? But we saw two quarterbacks playing at a high level. One, a first ballot Hall of Famer, which, by the way, if you're Green Bay, how lucky are you? You had Brett Favre, and now the quarterback right after him is widely regarded as that much better than Brett Favre. Like, if you complain about football in Green Bay, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. Come live here for a year, you'll be running back there. 
Okay? So how great is that? And then you get a rookie on the other end who, I mean, no matter what situation you throw Dak Prescott in, he delivers. That's amazing. That is amazing what that kid's been able to do. Now, great offensive line, a lot of weapons, you know, the coaching staff's good. Like, there's a lot to benefit Dak Prescott because I already can read your tweets. You haven't even typed them yet, and I can read them. Put Dak Prescott on the Browns and is he the th- Right. I get it. Put anybody on the Browns. Right. Anybody. Put 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 the best <clears throat> of the best. Put Tom Brady on the Browns. And I'm telling you right now, it's not like Tom Brady puts us in the Super Bowl. But I'll But I'll change the scenario for you. I will send RG3 to Dallas next year behind that offensive line, give him Ezekiel Elliott, give him those weapons, and you don't see happen what happened this year. Because part of, part of being a quarterback isn't solely the athleticism. It's who you are from the neck up. Are you buttoned up? Do you have it to put, you know, put together? And Dak Prescott, for being a young kid, when you, when you listen to him, if you, dude, that kid just lost that game. And when you listen to his press conference, I, I, it's like, oh, dude, go play another game tomorrow. I want to watch you tomorrow. Yeah, obviously he uh, he's got a bright future. There's no question about that. Like, there's no denying the potential of 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 what he's done and what is still in front of him and what he'll be capable of doing. So the worst of what the NFL what came out of that game was is I go online and sure enough, there are people calling for well maybe it's time to fire Jason Garrett. Are you out of your mind? The LA Rams just hired a 30 year old kid. The Broncos just hired another defensive coach for 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 their new quarterback Paxton Lynch, which that seems like a I don't know if it's the wrong move. It seems bizarre, right? So my point is, there's no coaches, and you're gonna like the argument is you, you get all the way you, you get into the the playoffs, you get a first round bye in the playoffs, and this is the culture now. You, you get right, so you didn't go all the way and you didn't win the Super Bowl, so you fire the coach now. Like that's in no now you now is when we're guys we're here we're here you can feel it let's build let's dig let's let, let's let's meld this together a little longer and then and then we'll dominate but people just want to press the eject button so fast in today's NFL and I it's it's to a detriment to the team I think oh for sure I think to a detriment to the sport as a whole you have to think about like you know if if this were the treadmill of of mediocre if this was like all right we've made it to the playoffs four years consecutively we're never able to win out of the first round then there probably is a conversation of like all right well is it the coach is that what the problem is here but I mean this is this is this is a very young very potential you know our team filled with potential and to to, to think about anything like that, whether you start talking about like, oh, they should put Tony Romo back in there. Oh, was Ezekiel Elliott really that good? Or, oh, what do they need to do? It's like sometimes you lose football games. Sometimes you lose basketball games. Sometimes you lose baseball games. It doesn't mean your team sucks. It doesn't mean like, oh, dude, it's all over. Throw it away. Start over from scratch. I mean, and if you are going to continue doing that, you're going to be the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you can that that is that's right. That was kind of that was kind of my that's point, which is like, I don't think you, what you do is you take a team like Dallas and then blow it up because you because you lost a playoff game. Like, and I've talked about this in, in recent months. This whole championship or you're a bum thing is really, really bad. And it's going to lead to poor sports. And it's going to lead to a lot of this me, me, me mentality. And guys are going to overreach. And things are going to get – it's just it's just not good. Um, It has to be a part of the equation, right? I mean, like, because at this point we are talking – if we're not talking about, oh, well, championships aren't that important, then why don't we just say everyone gets a participation plaque? No, you. Right? that's got to be the goal. That has to be the goal. But this, this fan base – thing and I'm all right with the athlete that like that being like the desire but this fan base like we turn on you if you don't win us a championship every single year like you're a bum like the anti-dax stuff I was reading at the bar on Twitter was amazing 
was amazing, especially from a community where we have had 30 quarterbacks in 10 years. This kid was a rookie. Now, I grant he's got an all-time offensive line. He's got an all-time running back. He's got what should be an all-time wide receiver in Des Bryant. I get it. He's got a lot of benefit. He's got a lot of stuff that make it easier for him. I get it. But if you watch football week in and week out, the kid progressed all year. Started with like the short little dink passes, and then next thing you know, deeper into the season, what's he doing? He's going over the top, throwing big balls. And like, so you're seeing a progression there. And like, the kid as a rookie loses a playoff game. And here's the deal, guys. Sometimes you just run into Aaron goddamn Rodgers. Sometimes that just happens. You run into what people are saying is like a top five quarterback all time. Like, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't have the facts and the numbers right in front of me, but I watch Aaron Rodgers and he feels pretty damn special. So, like, you lose to Aaron Rodgers and, and Twitter is like now, like, well, things are wrong in Dallas. Things are wrong. You, Jason Garrett's not the right guy. Are you crazy? I think getting there and playing Dallas as a home game, or playing Green Bay, rather, sorry, at, at home is indicative of your coach and things going in the right direction. But of course, online tells you everything's wrong. It's so I saw a little of the best and worst of what the NFL has to offer today in one game. And I thought we were lucky as sports fans to see that game. And then, of course, as Cleveland fans, we were brought back down to reality last night. What is going on with the Cavaliers? Nothing. Now, I don't think, right. I just I want to get that out there. I personally, like, people were like, this isn't championship. That's not a championship team. Are you sure? Because they had an off night and Golden State played out of their minds. Like, I will give Golden State some credit. There was something going on with them last night where they played out of their minds. You know, at the end of the day, uh, the Cavaliers are capable of winning any basketball game they go out there and play. And yesterday they lost one of those basketball games, and that's okay. They lost three basketball games in a seven-game series but still ended up as world champions. So, like, it's all right. There's no need to. Uh, there's no need to like freak out. I mean, when they when they beat Golden State on Christmas Day, they didn't win the NBA championship, so they didn't lose it last night either. You know what I mean? Like that's what people need to keep in mind here. At the end of the day, that is a regular season game. And listen, of course, the rivalry is real, and of course, you know the 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 desire to win should uh you know should should always be a part of Cavs versus Warriors. But if you're pressing, you know if you're if you're scared now, go get a dog because it's going to be a long season for you, dude. Like it's. Well, I could make the argument, and so I'm going to, that it was one of the best things that could have happened to the Cavaliers. The best thing you could do is give LeBron James reason to look at the rest of the team and himself, but he is the leader, so it's kind of his job to like wrangle the crew up. And I think the best thing that could happen is to give LeBron James motivation to tell these guys, look, dude, Game 7 was great, great. Yeah, 3 million people, championship, that's fine. But again, what did I just say about the today's sports culture? If you don't do it again, they're going to turn on you. Even though you just gave it to them last year, they will turn on you, and they're, you're going to hear bums and uh, blow it up and chemistry and it's wrong and Ty Lue and all this stuff, and you're going to hear it. And I think giving LeBron James motivation and a perfect example for that team on, on the plane ride home, I think it's one of the best things that could have happened. It's early on in the season. I don't think anything's wrong with the Cavaliers. I think you're seeing a little bit of growing pains, working a new guy in. JR not being in is obviously going to be a little bit of an issue, and they had an off night, and I think something was going on with Kevin Durant where he played out of his mind last night and you know sometimes you just run into a buzzsaw it's not like the you know it's you didn't get blown out by a team that's no good you got blown out by a team that built themselves as an all-time squad because they were literally afraid to play LeBron James so yeah occasionally you're going to run into a buzzsaw seven game series I still like my odds because I have the best player in the world in LeBron James we do have a bunch of stuff to give you today 730 you're getting hooked up with Green Day tickets 
8.30, we'll send you to the WWE January 22nd at the Civic Center. And then 9 o'clock, we're sending you out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Next, however, on the program, we'll mix a teen, a samurai sword, and his penis. Yeah, we'll give you that story next on Rock 106.9. This report is brought to you by Northern Ohio Buick Dealers. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sainsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Get his take on the uh, the NFL playoffs. And obviously, I want to talk to him about this Cavs game last night. I want him to be able to cool Cavs Nation down a little bit. I saw a lot of people jumping off that bandwagon last night, and I get it. The optics weren't great, and it's as, you know, you lose like that, and it is. It's like, oh my God, but it's jarring. But I think it happens. I mean, I mean, Golden State got blown out by, what, 35 last year or something by somebody, and I mean, you know, sometimes it just happens, right? It's inevitable. It's uh, it's okay, everyone. Just breathe. You're going to be fine. They did not play for the NBA championship last night. They it's did like, not. It's like getting knocked out in the UFC. It's like it will it will at some point happen. So we'll talk to Scott at 8. Uh, apparently, we also have a four-pack of tickets to the Miller Lite Motorcycle Swap Meet this weekend, Stark County Fairgrounds. Nice. So we'll get you into that around 645. I just tweeted this out if you uh, if you want to follow me at Stansbury shows how you do that Fantone can be uh, to add Fantone there, but there's this video that we have posted up at wrqk.com in the Stansbury show section, and uh, it's a little league coach addressing his team, mm-hmm. and uh, at some point he calls one of the kids uh, dad like a loser or something like this. Now you feel like this is all a fraud set up, and like this is like people looking for internet fame, right? Yeah, I feel like this is this coach. Um all right, kids today, they're too soft, and I'm going to give them the real business. I'm going to tell them what's really going on. Uh, but it's 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 something to watch. He uh, He's talking about how winning's the only thing that's important in Little League, and like you have to you have to go out there and make the other team's families cry. And then he says, listen, guys, I hate to tell this to you, but if your dad said that like you're just out there to have fun and do your best, well, your dad's probably a loser. Wow. That's a tough listen to hear my little league coach say my dad's a loser. Yeah, dude, a little nine-year-old. Like, all right, yeah, you know what? My dad does suck. What about my stepdad? How's that guy? How's Derek? Dude, Derek's the worst, yeah, right? Yeah, he is the worst, dude. He's the worst. I don't, know if, I don't know if my family ever had a Derek. If my mom had one of those, she did a good job hiding it. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think there was infidelity in my parents' marriage. Captain I don't know. on the DL there. Yeah, I don't so. know. I, I guess it's possible. Well, I don't want to find know. that out. No, like, right? No. Like, finding that out. Like, dude, though, when you find out your parents aren't who you think they are, there's no worse life lesson than that. It's a tough enough pill to swallow to accept Awful. that your parents are adults that have, like, a sexual identity. But You're then- not perfect. Yeah, but then you throw it's that awful. in there. No, yeah. and that's just that's that's a nightmare. Yeah, it's terrible. Let sleeping that. dogs lie. Yeah. very don't <laughs> don't go poking around. No, I'm I'm pretty sure not. Like my mom has actually been pre, you know pretty anti dating even after my father's death. She kind of was like you know as always said you know I felt like I right. kind of had like my man there. Right. So and no. his name was Derek. Apparently, I don't know. Dude, <laughs> I don't know. Dude, don't know. things are. I have a good relationship with my mother right now. Let's not you know. Have Tell her. me about this Derek dude, mom. Dude, I'm telling you, my brother will go on like a Derek finding <laughs> rampage. He will not be happy. He will not be happy about that. We'll talk to Scott at 8 o'clock. 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, New Chain Smokers, New Florida Georgia Line, New Dropkick Murphys. Okay. We all know that the male ego centered largely around the penis. Yeah. yeah. Right? A lot of time is, is spent by the male, even outside of like the puberty years. Like you get even deep into life. You're still, it's, you, you, 
Even though you know it's not the biggest penis there is, you would like to believe that it is. Well, tell me it is. Yeah, you, want, you, you would like to think that your penis is like perfect. I've, I've I know you've seen bigger ones, but I, that's all the time. It's like, now, no, tell me it's huge. You love it. It's giant. It's, it's so big. I understand that women have similar, you know, body issues and maybe even worse than men. Yeah. But I don't know if like it'd be interesting. I guess I'd be interested to find out if like like the, the size of your breasts are perfectly shaped or centered on your body perfectly yeah. is as important to you as the penis is to a man. I don't know how yeah. you judge it. I just would be curious to find that out if overall it was like overwhelmingly all women kind of felt like that. I don't know if that's you know, true or not. I don't know if it's one specific <clears throat> body part like it is for men. But there's something. But it's sexuality as a whole. Women, I sure. think, very much define themselves as where we have just narrowed it down to one area. One body part. That you can't fix. Who cares? You, do you notice that? You notice that? We're hung up on the thing. Like, screw the gut. The thing I could go to the gym and right, fix. Work out. I'm, nope. I'm worried about the. And here's the thing about the penis that's unfortunate it's got nothing to do with you it's got nothing to do with you it's got nothing to do with your personality Mm -hmm. you can't better it in Mm -hmm. any way shape or form you can't nurture the relationship and get more out of it it is what it is is. the dice have been rolled you got no say there it is and yet you are judged as worthy as a partner on something you had no control over. I find that to be, well, an unfortunate system. I I don't like it. It's an unfortunate system. So a lot of your ego and your, you know, your self-confidence and a lot of this stuff comes from the penile area, right? And so every guy has been overly concerned about this. And the reason I bring it up is because I, now I would imagine this kid's a teenager in Zimbabwe. This is even an issue. Oh, jeez. Think about that. In Zimbabwe, they're still worried my penis isn't nice enough. Well, of course. Of course. Now, we've all seen National Geographic and Pornhub. We know there are regions, right, where the penis is less of an issue than it is in maybe some other places. Yeah, but that's 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 all, you know. It's a stereotype, and I understand. An unfortunate one, I'm sure. I'm oh, sure that's... Such, so, so unfortunate. Such a burden to carry don't around. Don't sling it around my neck. Um, but you have to think that, like... You know, if 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 you live in Zimbabwe and you have a ten inch penis, you and me right now are like, yeah, dude, I do a ten inch penis. That sounds amazing. But he lives in Zimbabwe. He has a ten inch penis. His brother, his best friend, everybody's ever known, grown up in his entire life, has a fourteen inch penis. I mean, you probably feel pretty inadequate at that point, right? <sighs> right? You're like, damn, dude, I don't even have a foot. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, this is a depressing conversation. I got. I, I gotta tell you, I, I didn't. I didn't think this all the way through before wading into it. Now, here's what happened. Apparently, this kid was uncircumcised. Okay. And his group of friends were all making fun of him and teasing him and telling him, "You're never gonna get a girlfriend," because you know. And 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 again, I set this whole thing up on what the ego is based on the penis, right. and guys buy that stuff. Right. Like you think if something's if you think something's wrong down there, you think no one's ever gonna love me enough. Mm-mm. That's. I mean, it's just part of it. It's part of the system. And so the kid took a machete and circumcised. Yeah, yeah, just like that. And circumcised himself. Jeez. Which is not good. No. Something you should not do. Like, now, the whole should you circumcise kids or not has been, like, you know, debated, you know, a a lot. You know, I know there's benefits and detriments to both. Uh, I I will tell you um, that I feel, I don't want to call it lucky. 
but I uh, I do feel I'm happier that my parents went with the circumcision route. I don't remember it. I wasn't it, it wasn't cognizant for it. So it's not like this traumatizing experience for me. Like it would be like if somebody was like, "Hey, after work today, we're gonna take a little trim around the penile area." Right. You know what I mean? That's gonna be traumatic. Where I don't remember it. I'm not traumatized by it. It feels like the better system. Um, I, I I like it better. I would carry a lot of uh, self conscious uh, thoughts with me if I was uncircumcised. It, not that you should, but I personally would. At least it's part for the course or what feels like par for the course in America right, right now average. where it's you know well this is this is if this is what we're right. doing I'm glad I'm on the uh, I'm on the right side of that <laughs> yeah. um I mean, it's like he stayed home for picture day. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, and I don't want that feeling. Yeah, the turtleneck penis. Uh, Dude, let's not call it names. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that's, that's the best thing that I can describe it as. Here's the thing. I know a lot of women actually like it. Well, and at the end of the day, it's how we were born. You know what I'm saying? So we can say, like, oh, look at the weirdos with the, the non, no, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, it's natural. Yeah, the non-mutilated penis over there. Look at you with your natural penis. But I, I don't, you know. I, I, you're right. I'm glad. I'm glad Dude. I'm on the side that I'm on. Like it's being packaged for sale. <laughs> no preservatives. Natural penis. Right there you go. It's just this is. I think not. Like oh my god, we got to stop this. But at some point, man, like we gotta, like we gotta start communicating with guys that you know and boys. Like it's gonna be all right, yeah. man. Yeah, you're gonna be right. fine. Some women like to form penises. You're going to be great. You know, like, it's just unfortunate. Like, I don't know if I would have, as a teen, ever went to as far as, like, well, here's a knife and let me cut it. But I would imagine... See, in today's day and age of ordering things over the internet, right. and, they've got dude, pills for that. Probably, do you know, yeah. Do you know how many times? You know how many of the things I would have ordered over the internet? Like I would have been duped by all that stuff at thirteen, fourteen. The way people, the, like this. I thank God we didn't have all that stuff on the market when I was a kid. I would have went broke. Stansbury, I'd have four paper. Stansberry's drug problem would be boner pills as opposed. Dude, I'd to have a hashtag paper now. root for penis. <laughs> I'd be all in on that. I would be all in on that. Dude, that is terrible. Taking a katana sword yeah, to your own genitals because your friends... First of all, what are your friends doing? Like, I grew up... I Dude, I've known my friends my, my whole life. I can't tell you what a single one of their penises look like. Because you don't live in Zimbabwe, Stansbury. You're running around in that loincloth chasing after lions all day, and you're going to see each other's penis right. inevitably. Well, I don't know if it's Things a prayer circle or a rain dance or whatever, but let's get it wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get it, let's get it wrapped up. We'll give you a, a four-pack of tickets for the Miller Lite Motorcycle swap meet this weekend at the Star County Fairgrounds. We'll do that next on Rock 106. 6-9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Just a couple of minutes, we'll get choked up with a four-pack of tickets for the Miller Lite Motorcycle swap meet. That's this weekend, Star County Fairgrounds. We'll do that. 7-30, uh, we also have tickets for Green Day. And then 8-30, WWE. Wow. Loaded down today. Wow. Oh, and here's the big one. 9 o'clock, a trip to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. We also have that. Good, man. It's good yeah. to work for the uh, for the evil empire, dude. Honestly, I heart taking care of their boys. That is true. Like this, this company has been widely referred to as the Evil Empire for a long time, and I've always said about what was Clear Channel and now iHeartMedia, it definitely has its faults for sure. And uh, but any business that's competitive is, if you want to equate it to a war, that's kind of you know people will do that. I like being on the side with the most guns, and. Clear Channel and then now iHeartMedia has always had the most guns. So, as it is the evil empire, it totally is. I like I like my stormtrooper uniform, dude. I do. I like it. It fits good. 
My, my Stormtrooper uniform fits good. Came out in 1976. Still looks brand new, that, that, that uniform. I like it. I do. I like it. We'll also talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. At eight o'clock, I'm interested to get his take. I, uh, LeBron James is being uh, beaten up on Twitter over right. uh, over this Draymond Green uh, hit. Did, did you? Now you probably went to bed last night. Didn't watch this game. I right? did not watch the game. I but, watched I Sports Center this morning. But yeah, I'm sure you've seen now like this. What was the? I believe called on the court as a flagrant foul. It's a clothesline. And uh, and well, Chris Webber kind of went off about it. Uh, during the broadcast and kind of felt like, ah, this is kind of like indicative of sissy basketball that we're kind of in now, and these guys don't play in a tough era. And there was a lot of that conversation. And then, so then we'll go to the halftime show, okay? And uh, I was interested to talk to you about this because you're like a hardcore NBA guy and LeBron James is like your spirit animal. And uh, so Barkley, kind of the suck it up, that's basketball. And then Shaq was like, that's under the definition of the law what a flagrant is, which is unnecessary contact away from the like that didn't have to happen in any world. It's a flagrant foul. There's no question about it. Uh, by the book, of course, there's no you know even in even in Jordan's era of NBA that would have been a flagrant foul. Would it have been called or not in Jordan's era? Okay, we can debate on that. But at the end of the day, uh, your you, your gripe isn't with LeBron James and calling LeBron soft here. It's enforcement of the rules, and there's something fundamentally different there. Of like, well, are the rules being justly enforced or? Is LeBron soft? And those are two different conversations and two different questions. So when Chris Webber's like, oh, dude, NBA sucks and it's soft now, we're not talking what we're talking about. We're talking about is are the rules being enforced correctly and justly? There was a time outside of Michael where the NBA was worried about fans watching the games because of the physicality of it and the fact that it looked a little like, geez, man, this is basketball. It's not supposed to be like hacking dudes like left and right. It's not supposed to be body checks. Like there was there was a conversation in the NBA about that. And and the NBA is is savvy enough to know that I want my superstars to last Healthy. for decades. I, need I them want them I want them out on the court. I want them And you're right. Decades, I want you're right. I, I want them to last forever. Average NFL court or average NFL players playing for two half. and a half years, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're out. And even if you're a superstar in the NFL, if you're a superstar running back, you have maybe a year or two to really be the man. Dude, uh, LeBron James is going on a decade plus of domination in the NBA and shows no signs of slowing down. So I understand why they want to uh why they want to 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 take care of their their biggest and brightest. Now there was implications by uh, you know other people last night that he had slapped the hardwood when he when he went down as like the acting and Draymond you can see him after the play is over there like flat out mocking him basically alluding like this is what we're seeing here is flopping. And I mean they, he was flat out mocking him. Um, and I even said on Twitter last night, and I, and I don't try to wade in on this stuff a lot because, you know, I, I don't really know, but I, but I said, it's like, this is why you don't live your life like Draymond Green. So when something like that happens, you get the benefit of the doubt. But I didn't, because when it happened, I, I'll, I'll say this. I felt like the play looked, optically, it played bad on TV. It looked aggressive. But then the more I watched the, re- I was like, okay, well, he's like, he's reaching for the ball, and, it, you know, it's two trains colliding at one another. And then there was a guy from, I think it was Bleacher Report, don't quote me on that, had tweeted out that, like some quote from a former NBA player that said there's no way a body that frame style is going to ever react like that to contact like that. That would never happen. That was all acting. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe there's some truth into that. And if you're LeBron, I think in any of these guys, any of these NBA stars, a little bit of like, let's draw some attention to this to get the call is probably doing your job. Right. It's probably doing your job. And uh, so I, I wasn't really sure where I landed on it. I just think it looked looked really aggressive. I'm not sure the play was as bad as it 
maybe looked on TV. I think flopping is a thing. I don't even think that's debatable. And I think all NBA teams, all NBA players, probably a little bit of like all athletes use a little bit of like, all right, sometimes I do have to act for the referee. Sometimes I do have to to get that benefit of the doubt or to get that call that's, you know, one way or the other. It could be a 50-50 shot there. Uh, and listen, I'm, am I going to come out and say like, dude, well, boy, that's what sports is all about. and It's making sports better. No, but I don't think this is an exclusive LeBron issue. I don't think this is, you know, and, and you're right about what you said about Draymond Green, where it's like, well, dude, you're kicking people in the balls on a regular basis. You punched saying, oh, a fan in oh, the offseason. It does happen. It right. does happen. It does happen. Well, then, if you can kick you dudes in the balls. You can't just happen it a, a thousand times in a season. If you can just kick dudes in the balls, then I guess LeBron can flop, right? Right? Like, yeah. You know, you, well. What's good for the goose, right? And I was interested to get your take on it. Like I said, when I saw it in real time, because I stayed up for the first half of the game, when I saw it in real time, I was like, oh, God, Draymond, that's a dirty play. But then the more they talked about it and the more I watched it again and again and again, I was like, all right, it wasn't the best, but I'm not sure it necessarily wasn't as intentional as I originally had thought. Well worth noting that this didn't turn into like LeBron in a press conference crying or saying that that wasn't fair. Man's game, all that that. stuff. It wasn't anything like that. The dude dude went out there and said, Said, I, what did he say? Something like he was like, "Oh, I used to be a football player. I'm not even worried about it." Dude moved on with his life. I, I, I agree that there was probably some flop there, but at the same time, it's part of the game. What he's going to do is what he always does. He's going to internalize. He's going to pretend like it's no big deal, and then it's going to be bulletin board material at his parties, at his house, in the locker room, and in his messages to his team. He will take it. It will be fuel, and it will be a reason why at Game Seven he'll be hoisting another trophy. How awesome is it to have rivalry? How awesome is it to have these? He even said, this isn't a rivalry. And and then Draymond responded by saying, if anybody tells you this isn't a rivalry, they're blowing smoke. And Draymond's a little right there. And I get what LeBron's doing. Again, internalizing. I would like him just to admit that it is a rivalry because the fans want it to be. And so it's a benefit to you and I, the fan, which is really what these sports are all about. It's a benefit for us for for there to be a rivalry. So I I think it's okay for him to admit it. But it's just a little insight into who LeBron James is. He won't even give him that much. He He will not give the Golden State Warriors an inch. And there's something about the competitive nature of that that is liked. I mean, I want a little bit more reality, but I understand what it is and where it comes from. But I, I again, we'll talk to Scott about this at eight. But I was interested to get your opinion on it because yeah. when I saw it, like I said, optically it played terribly on television. This is a pretty sports-heavy program this morning. I'm Good. sorry, we're not a sports show. Like I, I but uh, this, you know, we the weren't. Ticket, the fans. <laughs> we weren't here. One. We weren't here for you know, uh, you know, for a long while. You know, we had the day off yesterday because of the holiday and all that. I feel that seems weird to call it a holiday, even though yeah. I know it. It is. Yeah, one of those um, guilt holidays. Yeah, it's one of those good ones there. Probably. Yeah, I think guilt holidays, yeah. not good. Guilt. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the good ones there. I, uh, you know, uh, so you know, a lot has happened, and there's something that's happened with, uh, with social networking, a sports team, and a locker room that is baffling to me. And I don't know how we got here. And it's just a, indicative of millennials. I'm sorry, but I'm going to talk smack. I'm, I'm just going to run my mouth, and I'm going to do it next on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for CSE Federal Credit Union. Been banking with them about three years, and it's because they are a fantastic local banking alternative to those big banks, and yet I still get all the amenities. My debit card is ATM fee-free at 35,000 different machines. They also have a coin counting machine in every single one of their locations. So when I need to roll up that change and get it turned in, CSE is where I can do that, and I'm a member of the credit union, so I pay nothing to use it. Non-members, you're paying just 5%. Check out more info at CSEFCU.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9, 730. We'll get you hooked up with those Green Day tickets. 
coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, New Chain Smokers, New Florida Georgia Line featuring the Backstreet Boys. I'm sure that'll be good. And uh, New Dropkick Murphys. And then locally, The Permanents. Uh, whose grandmother sending their stuff. Now, I said this, you know, to start the program out, and it's true. Like, at first, I was going to be like, throw this away on the premise that a grandma sent it to me. But, you know, over the weekend, I met a 33 year old grandma, and I was like, okay, well, you know what I mean? It happens. Maybe she is like an old grandma, but maybe she's one of those kick ass old grandmas who's like cheaping out cigarettes and, you know, drinking vodka and stuff like, like that. Like from the wedding singer, like yeah, one of those? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. All right. Maybe it is. All right, I want to talk about this, but I want to do it briefly okay? Um, because of the severity of it and the temperature of the conversation. But you said okay. something going to break that I feel like needs examination about okay. Martin Luther King Day. You called this a guilt holiday. Indeed, I did. Okay, see, I don't like that. I, I don't like that. I feel like all holidays are essentially now turned into guilt-based. If you don't think Christmas is about guilt, I think that's uh, I think it's definitely part of it. And I think that the opposite end of that, the other side of the coin is... And I understand that there is truth in that statement, okay? But I think if we didn't take the day off, the conversation would be, how racist is America? They won't even acknowledge Martin Luther King. So it's either we acknowledge the day or we don't. And then, but, but, but either way, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't in the conversation. You see what I'm saying? Well, there? I mean, should there be an acknowledgement of, 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 of Martin Luther King's, you know, contribute, you know, what he's contributed to America? Certainly. Absolutely. I have no issue with that. But much like Memorial Day and Veterans Day too, which in my opinion are both guilt holidays, it's not even close to what we do with them. I mean, you, Yes, in, in the perfect world, should it be like, well, we do this, and it's 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 a it's a. I just think it, hat. it's what we do, and if you didn't do it, I think that's a worse thing than than this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a better or a worse thing. Oh, I think, I think it's think worse. The best, I think the best thing would be for all of us to take those days, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, Martin Luther King Day, and actually take those days and take those lessons and kind of put them into practice. But I don't think we do that. I, I don't think we even come close uh, to doing I, I, that. Well, I think it's. I, let's see. That's where you. That's where you lose me, because I think what what you it is you're saying is is that not everyone does that and i don't think we're ever going to get this to the place where everybody's going to do anything vast majority of people do nothing is what i'm saying are there going to be people out there i don't know why well, i just don't know if that's true okay. I, I i wonder are there going to be people out there who take veterans day and you know spend that in service of military members and their family sure and take that lesson of veterans day and live that for the rest of the year sure i think there are people that do that sure are there people who take the lessons of mlk and live that throughout the year and just kind of reminded on that certain day specifically sure i think that but at the end of the day a vast I, majority of americans are just like hey day off barbecue great i feel like it's a very accusatory i don't that's what i don't like about it. i feel like it's accusatory i feel like i'm being made to feel like i'm doing something wrong um and i don't like that feeling because like i said if america just was like no we're not we're not having a martin luther king jr day it would then be and it would be rightfully so said that oh my god how racist is america that they won't even acknowledge this man's contributions I'm, I'm, and this is all i'm saying is this is that this is this is the system and how we show uh, uh, how we show respect to the contributions made by people this is it's kind of like a day off of service is kind of how the country has decided to do these things but we don't do those things you know what I mean? Like, uh, I just don't think, do you really, all right, when they, 
I mean, was Memorial Day ever that holiday, or was it always kind of like, <laughs> well, hey, I man, mean, we're off, and the weather's nice, if, here's some burgers? If the argument is, is, well, this is the way we've always done it, then sure, I'm not going to disagree with you that like we, this is how we, how we embrace these holidays. I just don't think it's good enough. I think, it's, I think there's a hollowness to all of those, where it's like, hey, we take the day off for a mattress sale, and for a barbecue, <laughs> and for this. The mattress and, sales are weird. Oh, I'll give you that. Memorial I'll give Day, it to you. And, oh, hey, and don't forget, if you crack one of those beers open to say, yeah, man, dude, and I, I think it's honestly probably a stretch to even say there's even a cheers to dead to dead soldiers on Memorial Day. I think a vast majority of people are just eating cheeseburgers, not even thinking about dead soldiers. I don't even, I don't even think it crosses the, as part of the equation. Right, so, like, Fourth of July, guilt holiday? No, nah, that's a celebration holiday. That's, that's America, USA, USA. Okay. L- Labor Day is owed to us. That's not a guilt holiday. Labor Day is like the man owes me this. Yeah, because that's to celebrate the striking of like the whole the, the union thing and that whole thing. My right? boss is a jerk, and right. I uh, you owe me this, so I'm taking a day off in the summertime. Which, how American of an ideal is that? The three that I can come up with: guilt holidays, MLK Day, Veterans Day, Memorial Day. Those are my three guilt holidays. Hmm. Interesting. I um. I, I th- like I said, there's definitely truth in what you're saying. But I think on the other side of it, like I said, I, I, I don't know what would be. I, I think it would be worse if there wasn't like this is how the country does it. And if we didn't have the day for Martin Luther King Day, we would be having worse conversations about race relations in this country is what I'm saying. And so the accusatory like tone of the this is a guilt holiday. I don't necessarily love. I don't I don't think it's I'm not accusing like I say, I'm not blaming you for it. I'm just saying there is like an overall tone of that of it's an accusatory feeling and much. And I'm not saying just solely with MLK Day because you're right. It is with like, you know, the other, you know, uh, you know, Memorial Day, and you know, and the like, too. But it's just, I, it, I think we would be in a worse place in race relations today if the day wasn't acknowledged and wasn't taken off of work the way we do with these other things. It is the way we kind of do this. I agree with you that it would be nice and it would be ideal and it's a little idealistic to have everybody kind of take that day and do something or like kind of make sure you're keeping with the nature of it. But I mean, we don't keep with the nature of Christmas. And so we're not going to keep with the nature of anything. That's kind of like the, that's the human being. But I think to not have the day, to not have the acknowledgement, I think we would be in a worse place. That's all. That's a, that's all I had on that. I do kind of want to get into this, and I know the show's been a little sports heavy this morning. So for those of you that aren't, you know, sports interested, I'm a little sorry about that. But there's something that happened over this weekend with the Pittsburgh Steelers that I just don't get. Okay, I, I just don't get it. Now, a they won the game, and I didn't get that. I thought for sure Kansas City was going to win. Yeah, I thought, you know, before that was my prediction before the weekend that Kansas City would win. Um, I bet Kansas City to win. Sucked, man. It did. Yeah, I, uh, I checked that score in the morning when I woke up, and I was son of a bitch. Yeah, I was not happy about that one. Right. And uh, so then there's celebration in the Pittsburgh locker room, which, of course, as a Browns fan, you never want to see that. Okay. And Mike Tomlin's kind of in his post-game speech. And as locker room talk became like a term that was like thrown in the news over Donald Trump, I think that there is such a thing, not that sexual assault and all that stuff comes, comes into it. I think there's such a thing as locker room talk as far as like talking about competition and the like that most of America is not prepared to hear how these teams get themselves geared up because it sounds mean. It sounds mean-spirited because it's competition. And so competition is not that you can't be cordial during it but it is mean-spirited in the sense of you're trying to do this i'm going to be the one that takes you down but antonio brown then the the pittsburgh steelers wide receiver and damn good one a damn good one some say the best wide receiver in the game right now 
then goes on Facebook Live during this, instead of like paying attention to his coach, and instead of like listening to this, it's me, 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 me. Here's Facebook Live. Here's the video from inside the locker room. And now he's got his coach in trouble because the, the, the speech, surprise, profanity laced. Surprise! Because there are a bunch of grown men in there, and so the effort's flying around. But of course, most of America can't handle it. Oh my God. I can't believe the things I heard in there. It's because you're not supposed to be hearing the things in there. That wasn't NFL films. Right? That wasn't there. That wasn't like an official thing that, 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 that these teams have to do now to keep us interested. And I believe me, I love all those behind-the-scenes shows. But this wasn't that. This was a player breaking locker room protocol. And I'm sure, honestly, NFL rules, right? Like, aren't there rules on, like, before and after the game, there's periods where these guys aren't supposed to be on their phones? I don't know specifically what those I rules are. I think there are, are rules like in place. Streaming. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure there are rules in place where these guys are not supposed to be on social media a certain amount of time before or after the game. And I don't know what the Steelers protocol is because we can say, like, oh, well, that's breaking locker room protocol, but if Mike Tomlin doesn't care, you know what I mean? Like, Well, uh, I mean, dude, he's got Mike Tomlin in the crosshairs of social media this morning, so I feel like Mike Tomlin will care. Well, but I mean, if the rule was, like, hey, and, I don't care, you know. And I think... I I think Mike Tomlin or any good leader would care that one of his soldiers is out there not paying attention and kind of showing off and me, me, meing it. And, you know, Ray Lewis has been on TV for like two weeks talking about this with the old Dell Beckham Jr. thing and now this Antonio Brown thing. And he's like, dude, these guys, these younger kids, they just don't respect the game the way guys used to. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. That sounds a little get off my lawn-ish. It sounds a little bit that way. Sounds a little bit like I wish I could still play. It does. Didn't, didn't Dick Buckus say that about Ray Lewis? Probably. Right. When Ray Lewis came out there dancing, wasn't Dick Buckus like, ah, duh, get off my lawn? But, uh, but I. We. So, the thing about Ray, and I know people are going to be like, Atlanta! But the thing about Ray is Ray put it all in the game. Ray was not. I mean, I know there was like the coming out of the tunnel, the dance thing, but that was really about gearing the team. Ray was about putting it all into the game. And a little bit of what he's saying about this, these like, do you think Ray Lewis would have been wilding out on Twitter in the locker room? I don't. I mean, do I? I think, don't. Do I think he would have? Where? Where? Like today? Do I think if Ray Lewis came back in the NFL and he was wilding out on Twitter? No. But if he came up in the age of now, if he came up and was twenty three years old, oh, I right disagree, now, I, I, dude. I I, 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 I really do. I have a hard time, and I mean, you can say that all oh, was getting the team hype, but Ray Lewis loved when people were oh, popping yeah, out. For yeah, him. yeah, yeah. When people were marking out and screaming sure. his name. I mean, he loved. Knew that. it was good for his brand. So, yeah, uh, brand aware, uh, sure. I, I think I, obviously every generation is going to have this. This, this. Oh, you kids and your technology or the way that you're embracing and blah blah blah. It, 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 it to to a point, it does seem get off my wall. Well, I, I I agree. There's definitely an angle of that. What I would say to Antonio Brown is don't ever. And what I would say to any athlete, and it's what you teach your kids in little league. Don't ever be the the thing that people are asking about that wasn't on the field related. Don't be the thing. Well, what about the Antonio Brown issue? Don't be that. I, I just, I, I don't get this. I don't understand it. You're in the playoffs. Like, you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Now, I don't want to be, like, the killjoy on it. Because, again, I like a little behind-the-scenes access. But, I mean, now you got your coach in the crosshairs who's already was called out two weeks ago by a former legend of your own franchise. I mean, for, from what I'm reading here, he said a-holes effing. I mean, it's not like he was like, 
using like racially derogatory terms or like I get it. I'm very surprised. I I totally get it. But there is a little uproar. I you and I are logical people, dude. We're practicality people. But let's not pretend that that's the temperature of the nation, especially in public. Like when 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 we're gonna judge things in public, we all get up on our moral high horses or. The online community does. And uh, you were correct. Adam Schefter reporting that Brown will likely be fined for violating the social media policy of the NFL. Yeah, that's all. 90 minutes before and 90 minutes after. You can't post anything on social media. Yeah, it's a... Put the phone away, dude. I mean, right, right. right. I mean, at the end of the day, I agree. Put the phone away, dude. Learn learn from the Odell Beckham thing there again. Again, is Odell Beckham Jr. going to Miami a huge deal? No. But now they lost the game, and who's being blamed for it? Odell Beckham Jr. Don't set yourself up to be the thing. And Antonio Brown's a hell of a player. Hell of a player. I don't... I think New England wins. That's But that's Tuesday morning. That could change over, over the next week. Did you see that video of James Harrison working out this morning? I have not. All right, Monday morning. I'm sorry. Got in at 4 a.m., went directly to the gym. Like, the plane hit down at 4 a.m., dude went to the gym. Really? Yeah. Day after playing a, a play, an NFL playoff football game. You can make the argument not the best thing, actually. I like it. It's good for the fan base to see it, but for your body, probably not the best thing. I'm going to trust James Harrison's take. I'm going to pray for his body versus Stance Okay. Mary's. All right. You want a body story? Want a body story from over the weekend? I got one. Want one? All right. I'll okay. give it to you. Okay. All right. I'll give you a body story from over the weekend. So I found myself in a predicament while watching playoff football. So I was on the couch, right? And I was eating. I have found this new ice cream that I really like. It's called Talenti. It's like gelato or whatever, but it's really good. Okay. And I was like eating it, and I had, and I like a commercial came on, and I wanted to change the channel. And the remote to my TV is missing like the cover for the batteries. Like I had broken it. And so, like, I picked up the remote. So I had the ice cream in like the left hand. I picked up the remote in the right hand, and one of the batteries was out of it. And I was like frozen in time at the moment. (laughs) Like, I didn't know what to do. I was like looking, I like looked left at the ice cream, looked right at the remote, and I was like, you got to dig deep, man. <laughs> There's a decision to be made here, and I couldn't believe it, but I actually set the ice cream down on the coffee table, found the battery, but I was like feverishly like moving the blanket, like looking for the battery. I couldn't wait to get back to the ice cream. Couldn't do both things. Dude, I, I need, dude, essentially, I need more hands. It wasn't going to be stolen. It's not like you live with somebody that was going to swoop up and take your ice cream away for you, put it down, grab the battery, I mean, seriously, it, fine, it went, I, I bet, like, and, and, and I don't want to over-dramatize, but I bet it was 120 seconds where I was like looking at both my hands, like, what do I do? Like, I honestly, I was frozen in time. So, Stansberry, ah, James Harrison, he's working out too Bad much. for your body. Bad <laughs> for your body. All right. We, uh, we do have Green Day tickets. You'll get those next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Okay. I need to be honest here, if I okay. can. Welcome back to the program. Uh, we're online at WRQK.com. Uh, put a pin in that. We're going to get right back there in a second. Uh, I need to be honest about something. As a guy who likes to call out people in this building sometimes when 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 their best foot isn't being put forward, I am uh, I'm not prepared to put my best foot forward right now. As uh okay. As I am going to get you hooked up with Green Day tickets. Okay. Here just a few minutes. I uh, I feel terrible about this, but I did not uh I did not go back and check my email to make sure I know when that show is, where that show is, or when that's happening. I'm pretty sure it's August 21st at Blossom, but I don't want to be like that's when it is, and here's the tickets, and be wrong about that. Are you uh, look at Fanta? I'm gonna fact check it for me. A little, uh, little, little uh, fact checking. Little, little Google going on here. Uh, Let me see what we got. Little fact finding mission there. I like it. 
Blossom Music Center. That is the place. Is it August 21st? Am I right about that? August 21st. That is the date. Dude, Green Day. Look at that. Okay, so can we be done with the short-term memory loss jokes, there maybe? There you go. <laughs> Stansberry. Dude, how about that? How about I'm remembering that from Friday? I won't because you forgot to give away those motorcycle show tickets. Damn it. Son of a bitch. Damn it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fine. All right. I told you to put a pin in WRQK.com. Yeah. Here's the thing. I know a lot of you suffer from self-esteem issues, right? Yeah. And you feel like you're just not good enough. Now, we have found, uh, well, the, the, the perfect pick-me-up for you, and it's online at WRQK.com. If you're feeling like your life's not good enough, go check this out. We're a Florida man now arrested, having sex with the family's pit bull a hundred times over the last three years. Whoa. hundred times over three years. Now, I there's this whole hashtag, don't bully my breed, about the pit bull. And uh, I've owned multiple pit bulls. And they're great, great dogs, okay? I know there's the narrative out there that they're awful, but they're great, great dogs as long as they're in the hands of... They're like a gun, essentially, is what a pit bull is. Um, But I will admit, (laughs) there are definitely more docile attitude dogs that I would attempt to... If I Now, bestiality is never going to be part of my life. But if it were, I think I'm... I mean, I don't. I, I guess maybe I'm stereotyping dogs, but but I'm I'm going poodle over pit bull. I think in that situation, right? But uh, Florida man couldn't get himself enough. Hundred times, three years. Videos online, not of him banging the dog. No, but like the the, the, no. the story gets a little deeper. You can check that out at wrqk.com. There is a scientist in uh, Australia that has figured out what I think was obvious and probably a waste of their taxpayers' money. Okay. And would you like to hear this? All right. Yeah. I mean, if if it's science from the land down under, how can I uh, how can I how can I argue with it? Uh, he says dating apps are fueling the rise in casual sex and stere- uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Well, no duh. Like they spend a ton of money like looking into this, not knowing that this is, of course, like the nature of it. Now I understand. Some of you are like going to ruin the joke and go, well, you have to like research it to figure out the severity of the change. I get it. Okay. But he says sexual promiscuity uh-huh. is running rampant through Australia. And there's one of two stories that comes out with these dating apps. Plenty of fish, Tinder, you know, Christian mingles or whatever the hell, whichever one you're using. There's one of two stories that comes out of these things. Either A, nobody's getting laid on them and it makes you feel worse about who you are, or B, there's so much sex happening that gonorrhea is running wild in the streets. And one of the two, one of these things can't be true. So, like, I gotta figure out which one it is. Um, right? It's so there's only two stories that happen with these sites, or some guy chopped a woman's head off. Yeah, yeah, that's part <laughs> like of the equation, that, too. But that's always, the, that's always the third. Um, would it, well, can I make the argument that, you know, it's a relatively minor amount of people, a small percentage of users who are going to end up getting laid off of it, but the ones who are are going to do it repeatedly, are going to be able to use it on, on a Fair regular point. basis? And I mean, that's how, dude, honestly, that's how vast majority of like. STD outbreaks happen is that one person in a city is super sexual and they're out there banging everybody they possibly can on a regular basis. You know, they 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 bang somebody new at a different bar every night. Then that person has sex with somebody else. You know, and that's you know, it's basically that one person, that patient zero, that 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 herpes spreader. I guess we'll he call says it. what's happening is that regular men and women are isolated in, in their homes 
and are cut off from personal connection, and they're using the internet to arrange multiple sexual encounters to fill the void of intimacy short term. That way they don't have to have the relationship. They don't have to have somebody living there, but you're having the sex. So you're filling essentially boredom with sexuality and then moving forward. And through that, because you're having so many sexual partners, obviously STDs are, are the, the rates are rising. And that makes sense. Yes. Yes. And I mean, I, he says that some of these people are having as many, listen to this, as many as 10 sexual partners a day. I, 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 I'm going to assume that's those are the high extremes. End. Yeah, yeah so that's th- the extreme are, end. Those are, those are chicks who are putting up, you know, an ad in Craigslist and saying, "Whoever, whenever, just stop on by. Here's my number." And the men too, I would think. Right. It, it just, I, uh, I think people have always used sexuality and 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 the the temporary intimacy to cure boredom. I don't think that's new. That's not new, but uh, these these, I guess, super highways accelerate the speed of it. Uh, well, and I guess what I could say if that is is well, maybe we have technology that's new and different. I mean, at least that person is getting some level of intimacy. Where if you know, fifty years ago, if you were bored and horny in your house, all you were doing was J and O until until it burned. Yeah, but what he saying here is that there's a negative effect of not giving yourself up to the vulnerability of intimacy like like admittingly dude you're a guy who has had plenty of casual sex but would you not say that you're better off as a person due to the fact that you are intimately connected on another level with the girl you're dating now yes that that's I, beneficial for yes, life i am yes this relationship is 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 that's the case but uh, you know different strokes different folks not everybody's going to find a healthy relationship not everybody's going to find something no that most makes them people happy. aren't going to find a healthy relationship right. most people are forcing relationships that's why the divorce right. rate is what it is right so i guess i mean at that point uh, which 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 one would i rather do be miserable now or be miserable later when i get divorced because i because i forced myself to square peg it in a round hole and i was like oh well yeah but it's better than being alone which no it's not no it's not you're gonna be miserable you're gonna end up get, you're gonna get her pregnant three times you hate her you hate the kids you don't want to do this life anymore but you just keep plodding through it because oh this is what i signed up to do 25 years ago now he says anonymous sex is nothing new obviously we all know that but the internet, he said, before that, people had to go out. You had to go to a bar. You had to be in a club. You had to kind of go someplace, maybe a party. You had to do something. He's like, but now people have found themselves addicted to quick and anonymous sex, and the internet then fans that fire. And then you you can essentially what he's saying is is we're losing the social interaction with one another and yet gaining the only part of the social interaction that we wanted. So essentially what this is doing, what Twitter, or I'm sorry, what Tinder and what Plenty of Fish are doing is highlighting the worst part of us, which is it's showing you that truthfully, this is all we really care about. That on some level, not everybody, but the people who are going to exploit these things, who are going to use these things, it kind of highlights the fact that, you know what? I don't really like you as a person. You're kind of awful. The only person I really like is me, but you have something I need, so I will tolerate you for short bursts of time to get the thing that I need. And I found that when I read it to be a little depressing. I did. I I was like, man, this is because, again... I always talk about how I'm going to stop using this stuff and how I'm going to not do it. And I still find myself on the couch and I'm swiping left and I'm swiping left because all of these profiles are just awful and all these things. And like people just honestly, some of the things people post and like the the way they put their foot forward on uh, on these dating apps is just ridiculous. And I always say, I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. And then when you read stuff like this, it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not sure that this is is the way I want to set my life up. I understand it's a great way to finish a Friday night off. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, come over. We'll have all the wild sex. We'll do all this stuff. 
but I'm not sure it's I, I think there's something to this science that like at least when you go to a bar you're out you're social like I, I noticed this Sunday like again I spend some time on the dating apps or whatever but then Sunday I found myself in a bar I was hanging out with my buddy sure enough I met two girls in that bar now I don't know if I'm going to go out with either one of them at the end of the day you're going to do the exact same thing that you're saying these people are doing you're just going to do it in the real world as opposed to on social media you're going to push these chicks away whether you do or do not have sex with them eventually it's going to turn into I can't stand you I don't want to be around you anymore and that comes from real world so whether it's technology or 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 you know you're sitting there buzzbin I mean so you don't think there's any benefit to just the, like the, the like the being out and being social before it happens versus dial up a, a p I, 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 do I think there's any benefit? I think there can be. I just think it depends on... It's not a guaranteed benefit? Right. It's not It's not like okay. one way is inherently better than the other. I would have to grant you that it's not a guaranteed benefit, but I would like to roll the dice on it, maybe. And maybe that's old world. Maybe it's like, I don't like this new system. It makes me feel like obsolete because I'm old. Maybe. Maybe. But I, uh, I, I am a person who occasionally... I'm a little antisocial. And so sometimes I need to be kind of like nudged to kind of get out there and be and be like social and interactive. And so, and then, like I said, I noticed that on Sunday when I was watching the game, like in a bar, I was like, yeah, I was like, I kind of like, I kind of miss this. I don't do this enough anymore. And sure enough, I met some new people and I, I was like, oh man, I'm having fun. And I think there's something to just laying on the couch and like that profile was hot. Come over, bang me, and then get the hell out. Uh, now that system's, you know, like I said, it's not the worst way to spend a Friday night. So I understand it. But of course, STD rates will rise. We have Green Day tickets and I'm going to give them to you now because, well, my short term memory loss yeah. is not that bad. Do that one. It's not that bad. Do that one. August 21st, Blossom. I even remembered that hey, a little bit. Stansberry getting it done. We'll take caller 25 right now. 1 800 243 7625. And right back with more show. Hang on. 1069. Welcome back to the program. I'm Rock 106.9. We're also online, WRQK.com. Uh, like I said, if you need to feel better about yourself, check out the Sandsbury Show section there. Check out a uh, Florida man who had sex with his own pit bull about 100 times over three years. Oof. Doesn't that, make uh, me feel better at all. Uh, makes, I mean, I feel like I made better decisions than that guy did. I feel like, I, you know, I'm a little hard on myself sometimes, and I feel like I, maybe I shouldn't be after, you know, hearing that story. That's online for you. Coming up at 9 o'clock, New Church Tuesday, new uh, chain smokers there. New Florida George Line featuring... The Backstreet Boys. There you go. And then uh, Dropkick Murphys, then locally, the uh, the Permanents, whose grandmother sent in the letter. And, uh, well, we'll read you the letter. I'm concerned. I try to be optimistic about New Turd Tuesday. I'm worried we could have four straight turds here. Is that right? I'm, it's possible. Okay. All right. Hopefully. I, th- I think that, you know, and it can be debated what's better there. You know, four great songs in a row, four bad songs in a row. It can be debated which one's uh, more beneficial for the program. So I guess we'll find out. Nine o'clock. That brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park there. Uh, I, I, I said this earlier, and, and, and I meant it. The, the show's a little sports-heavy this morning. It's a little sports-loaded down. And uh, for, for those of you that aren't sports-conscious or don't care a whole lot, I apologize, but uh, a lot's going on. Yeah, why are you listening to the ticket, then? Why are you listening <laughs> to the fan? The fan! <laughs> and uh, a sport that I love, the UFC, um, some stuff's going on there. Where UFC heavyweight champion, Sipe Miocic, unhappy with the UFC. Apparently, he found out that Alistair Overeem had been paid $800,000 for their fight. He was paid $600,000 for the fight and felt like that was unfair. Overeem never had a title. And the entire thing, and he's Stipe's kind of right about this, the entire thing was built around hometown hero defends his title in his hometown. Right. So, like, to find out he was being paid less than a guy when the whole thing was, like, based around that, and then, you know, this guy's never had the title, you have a title, you're defending it, and you get paid less money. 
uh, you know, there's a, there's some legitimate raises of concern there. Now, this stuff gets tricky, man, because it's like promoting, and it's not a league, it's not really regulated, and, and it's like, I understand the UFC's got to keep costs down, that way pay-per-views are, are profitable to keep the thing afloat. I get it, I do. But, I, uh, this is going to be a topic of conversation, because... I, Certain fighters, I think in fighting, there's just always going to be... I don't know how you're ever going to make the pay scale fair. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I mean, I understand his gripe here, and I do. I I think it's this is legitimate. It it is. At the same time, I can very easily make the argument of, well, these are the terms and conditions that you agreed to fight for. What your opponent did has bears no no circle. That has nothing to do with what you're, you're, you're getting paid. He says here that... He takes some blame for it because what they said is this is the best contract we can offer you, and he took them at their word. And he said they they mistake my kindness for weakness. And I'll say that that can happen. As I'm a guy who has had that happen by this company now like five, six times in a row, where I'm a little too nice when dealing with them, and they have... Honestly, they've taken me. They've taken advantage of me in years past, and honestly, a little bit currently because of my lack of getting in their face about it. Well, I mean, there's a couple things there. That's and that's they all fall on Stepe here. Of yeah. like, well, I, I was too kind. Were you too kind or were you too naive there? Which one were you? And and, and and you're telling me right now that as a heavyweight fighter dealing with the UFC, you don't have a lawyer looking over your contracts. You're just going in there and signing. Uh, you know, he doesn't talk about that here. I so you're right. I wonder what he did there, dude. If you if if, if you are in that circumstance where you're getting paid five hundred thousand dollars plus from a fighting federation, I might have the lawyer take a look at it. Come on, come on, dude. Come he, on. He said they just gave him like some BS excuse. He said, but you know, they basically said, sorry, it's the contract you signed. Exactly. And that's always going to be this. That's always going to be their stance. You know what else is happening in? In the MMA world? What was that? It's been announced now. Cody No Love yeah. going to fight TJ Dillashaw. This is going to be great. They're, it's part of the... I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank on the UFC's like reality show that they do where like guys fight. Ultimate Fighter. Is it Ultimate Fighter? I think so. And they're both now going to be coaches. And the, what they do now... UFC's so smart. What they do now is they build like these reality shows around like the next big pay-per-view one guy gets a team he trains and then those and then at the end then the two coaches fight so smart so we're gonna get the cody no love tj dillashaw fight now there's been rumors your eye favor kind of like had said that tj dillashaw dopes and that you know he uses substances you're not allowed to use so like there's some stuff built in there cody no love went on instagram and like did like this whole like Ripping on Dillashaw thing with like he has his head in his hand and a sword in the other. Like basically, I'm coming after you. It's gonna be great. That's gonna be such a good fight. I can't wait for that fight. Pride of Yerksville, right there. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Pride I mean, dude, how about I mean, dude, how about Ohio in that? How about Ohio in that? And 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 the one of the hottest sports on the rise, which I guess it's only one of the only newer sports. So of right. course, it's gonna be one of the fastest rising sports that right. the rest of them are all established. But it's a fast-growing sport, and it's like all eyes on Ohio on it right now because we're kind of kicking ass in it. If you can't look back as an Ohio sports fan right now and appreciate the year that was, it's on you, dude. I mean, from Stipe to Cody Garbrandt to uh, the Indians in the World Series uh, to Ohio State playing for a championship uh, to, to the Cleveland Cavaliers winning a goddamn championship, if you can't look back at the past 365 days and just be like, damn, dude, for once... In our entire existence as a sports fan base, it's pretty good no, right now. 
Dude, they won't, though, because they're 40. They haven't been laid in six months. They're pissed, and they're on Twitter, so it's the Browns suck. That's what they'll do instead. Number one draft pick. You have, even a silver oh, lining dude, there. Are you kidding me? They have Twitter. They're not allowed to enjoy their lives. Oh, it's miserable. That's Angry. all Twitter does is make you feel guilty for living your life and enjoying it. You're not allowed to enjoy things. You gotta over you gotta overanalyze them and destroy them. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Overanalyze the calves and destroy that. Next on Rock 1069. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for high voltage indoor karting. If you're looking for some thrilling entertainment that gets you in out of the cold, I've got what you're looking for. It's Northeast Ohio's first fastest, and longest indoor high-performance electric go-karting track. This isn't your grandma's amusement park ride. This is high-speed, adrenaline-pumping, extreme driving, and it's all indoors in the historic foundry building about a half a mile west of the Medina Square, just off of Route 18. If you have not been out to high voltage, you got to get there. When you do, ask for the Stansbury Show hookup. It's all day, all night, Monday through Thursday. You get free registration, plus three races for the price of two. You're saving around 17 bucks. High voltage indoor karting is perfect for birthday parties, bachelor parties, retirement parties, and more. And now, high voltage indoor karting has junior karts for 9 to 13 year olds. There's limited availability and hours, so check them out online at highvoltagekarting.com or call 330-333-9000. High voltage indoor karting. It's lightning fast fun and entertaining. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new Florida Georgia line with uh, the Backstreet Boys. Here, God. Sorry. Uh, You're getting new Chainsmokers, which is a group I just do not like or haven't liked what they've put forward so far. I guess I'll wait and see if uh, their new song, Paris, is any good. Also, Dropkick Murphys, and then locally, The Permanence there. Uh, Their grandmother sent in their stuff, so (laughs) interested. Now, look, I said earlier, I said I did meet a 33-year-old grandma over the weekend. So stuff happens. Weird things happen. Shout out Alliance then. So, like, you know what I mean? You know, stuff can happen. So we don't know about that, but we'll read the letter and uh, play you their song as well. Let's talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com now. Buddy, I appreciate you uh, making your schedule flexible. Obviously, we were out yesterday, so I appreciate you joining us uh, today at uh, 8 o'clock. We're normally Monday at 8. I want to start with the NFL uh, football games if we can. Is Aaron Rodgers the best thing we've ever seen playing quarterback or what? Looks pretty damn good, doesn't he? He's pretty good, um, that guy. You know, some of those passes, it wasn't just the orchestration, but, I mean, it was just completing those passes the way he did. That one to Jared Cook down that left down the left side there for I mean you know what ended up what ended up being essentially the game winning pass. It was a hell of a catch, don't get me wrong. Great but. catch. But uh actually Chris Carter said yesterday that that Aaron Rodgers deserves more now Chris Carter, Hall of Fame wide receiver, says that Aaron Rodgers deserves more credit for that play than Cook because Cook, everybody knows you don't catch balls with the body. He's Chris Carter's like, you want to call that a great catch? He's got to reach out with his hands and make the catch before it gets to the sideline. Now I feel like that's nitpicky. But he says Aaron Rodgers is actually the better end of that play. And I don't know how you argue it because Aaron's just, I mean, dude, that guy is lights out. I mean, it was just six weeks ago. Everybody was throwing everybody in the in the Green Bay organization overboard. They were talking about, I mean, dude, the Twitter was like calling for McCarthy's head. <laughs> because of Aaron Rodgers, like, they, they, they may go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, for two things to that. The one, he drew that play up like in the dirt. I don't know if they, you knew that part. I did not that know. That last play, like it wasn't a play call. It was like, you go here, you go here, you go here. Like, go and, to, like, and, and then, and then he was going to find, he was going to find one of them. Do you know what I mean? And he ended up finding wow. Jared Cook, which is crazy. 
Um, the second part, you know, there was some merit to the Packers. I mean, they looked they looked like frauds early on. Uh, they they didn't have a running game. You know, there was it was like seven weeks with Aaron Rodgers as the leading rusher, something right. along those yeah, lines. Which, that's which, bad. That, you you can't be a champion, you know, in that, with agree. with that. You know, but they put Ty Montgomery back there. The kid the kid is a a dual threat. They signed Kristen Michael, who's a bit of a knucklehead, but they 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 figured out a way to give him some goal line looks. I mean, they they figured it out, and you it's easy to figure out when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And you don't have to, you know, do too too much. I mean, as long as you get some semblance of a running game, you can keep an opposing defense on their heels, and that's what they've been able to do. I um, I'm very interested to see this Green Bay Atlanta game because neither one of them play defense, and they both score. But Green Bay's defense is like, I mean, it's bad. I mean, like they're they're secondary leaks. And if I'm right about this, I'm pretty sure Atlanta had the number one scoring offense in the league. I think the over under on this game's got to be eighty. I mean, I mean, it has to be right. (laughs) Plus, it's in the it's in the dome, right? So they're gonna be they're gonna be playing on the carpet. So there's there's gonna be a lot of points there. Uh, The the trick to me, I think, will be if Jordy Nelson is healthy enough to return because I I think you can scrape together a win or two. Without a guy like that, but having him back, I think will be will be a huge counter because, as we were talking, Atlanta not only has Julio Jones, who isn't necessarily 100 percent healthy, you know, and most Sanu and a, and a couple of other guys, but um, they have two, arguably two of the best running backs in football on on, on their team, and you know, and and, and they and they're able to, to get you both ways. So it'll be very very interesting. Uh, you know, good to see Matt Ryan finally piece it together. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, they've been able to, you know, Kyle Shanahan goes to Atlanta, you know, does does the yeoman's job with, with, with offenses. You know, I wish he could, you know, kind of communicate with players a little bit better than he does. I think he'd have, a, he'd have more head coaching looks. But that said, they get Alex Mack, they finally get an offensive line, they keep Ryan upright, and now they're, they're, they're one win away from the Super Bowl. So it's, I think it'll be a good story either way. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be a lot of points being scored, that's for sure. Let's talk about Alex Mack a little bit. Because he's one of what I think is it five guys that the Browns used to have that are now in this playoff still. I mean, now I understand you move guys around, you make trades or whatever, and you know people are telling me about the wide receiver that Atlanta has, whose name's Taylor Gabriel. There it is. Uh, thank you for that. Um, you know that people were like, well, you know, he's getting open looks because you know he's getting double team. You know, the other side of the field is getting double team down there, and that's why he would have never been that good here. And okay, maybe he wouldn't be what he is in Atlanta there, but. I mean, we should still be able to look at the guy and evaluate the fact that he can catch a football, though, right? Yeah, no, I don't think he was necessarily thought of as a guy who can't catch the football. Um, he was thought of as one of a dozen receivers under 5'8", and they had to make a decision. Right. Uh, and they, and okay. Andrew Hawkins has a history with Hugh, Hugh Jackson, um, okay. and he, right. was, he was going to be the guy. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, by all accounts, Taylor's a really great kid, um, you know, and it's good to see him flourishing in that system. But, you know, it is one where they space the field out with, with a, a ton of threats. And, you know, they have defenses that have five, you know, they're facing five or six defensive backs at any time. So they get these guys in space and then, you know, and they, and they, and they break free. And it's, 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 um, you know, same, very similar situation with Deion Lewis in, in, uh, in New England, right? right. I mean, he's, he was a Joe, Joe Banner trades for him and he comes here and he is, he looks good, but then, you know, Joe Banner and Mike Lombardi leave. So they, they, you know, Lombardi goes to New England and they signed Deion Lewis. And, you know, so these, these front office guys get their guys and these guys tend to go with them, you know, place to place. And there's familiarity there. And I mean, just like with Mack and, and, and Kyle Shanahan, it's trust, right? You know, they, 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 they work together and they know, you know, 
Shanahan knew that Alex Mack is a hell of a zone blocker, and you know if they if they need that up front and they need a guy who can do that for this running game, you know you 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 convince the front office to do that, and they make they make the move, and and, and now again, you know there's a lot of former Browns. It doesn't mean they're not talented. It just means that they haven't had a system here long enough that allows them to you know do their thing, and then it falls into the political game, which is unfortunate. What but it's just, it's just kind of the way the NFL works. What I've been hearing about the Browns a lot over the last few years is this, is that great teams draft for their scheme and draft guys that fit the, what they're trying to do, and the Browns have just tried to draft and collect talent, and that's not building a team. And that, I think I think you can see that, and I, I, I think it's evident on, on the product on the field. Especially when you start trading or when when you start switching <clears throat> schemes on a regular basis. Right. I mean, how I do mean, you, there's no consistency. No consistency at all there. It's the Cleveland Browns' motto, no consistency. Um, speaking of consistency, though, Outside of Atlanta, and I mean four elite quarterbacks remain in the NFL playoffs, but outside of Atlanta, we're looking at the Packers, the Patriots, and the Steelers left. The perennial powers of, of, of football, I would say, and I saw this comment on Facebook over, uh, over the weekend, and I just wanted to, you know, this guy was like, dude, I just want Atlanta to win because I'm so sick and tired of seeing these same teams again and again and again in the NFL. Is it better or worse for the league to have those perennial powers, those standards of like, hey, here's who you're going to be seeing in later you know, playoff rounds? You know, you kind of cut both ways. Um, you know, they're, they're model organizations for a reason. I mean, just like, you know, just like the Spurs have been for almost 20 years here in, in the NBA. And, I mean, you, you had it a long time with the Yankees. And then when, but when somebody knocks them off, you know, it, it, may, it makes it that much better. Um, you know, I, I think having the, the, the teams that people want to, to beat and to be, I think, is not, is not a bad thing. I think back of the, you know, the Lakers-Celtics kind of years, you know, every, in, the, in the Bulls, obviously. Um, you know, they were, there was a lot of teams that tried and vied and, you know, the Clyde Drexler Blazers and the, and the, the, uh, Barkley Suns and a lot of these guys tried to knock them off and just couldn't. Um, and I think it makes for great stories when it happens, but you know, there, if we talk about consistency and drafting for your scheme and doing things the right way, I mean, these guys do that. Um, and I think it's, you know, if, yeah, it's frustrating as a fans of opposing teams to see these same teams over and over again. But I think it shows if you do things the right way, you get a quarterback, you 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 keep a consistent front office and, and coaching staff in place, and you might just be able to you know be one of the top four teams left in the NFL. And if you're not going to do that, you're going to continue to turn things over, and you continue to draft you know the dregs of the, of the NFL. Um, you know, then then you're just not going to win. And I think having these guys continue to rub in your face, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I don't believe the fan. I, I'm suspicious that the fan thinks that that's what they want, but I think it's a lot like a radio station where people who listen to radio stations tell you that they're sick of those songs, and yet when you when you when you answer the phone and ask people what they want to hear, they tell Chain you smokers. They, they, they tell you right. right. They they right. tell you the hits. Like when you answer the phone, Freebird, man. yeah, right. Freebird. Play Freebird, man. Like that's what they do. So I think it's a lot like a radio station where people like the ratings don't say that. The ratings don't say underdogs are the way, what people really want. When the big teams are in games, that's when the ratings are through the roof we like to pretend that we like these stories we don't we we, we like familiar we like the giving the same thing mashed potatoes and gravy is good right. i think it's i think it's posh and 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 it's trendy to say that you want to see a flip but the reality is the ratings don't bear that um i just want a, like a little gut reaction here on what you thought about antonio brown facebook living the celebration and then what essentially was mike tomlin's after game speech in there what do you feel about that the the second I had heard about the Facebook Live thing, I think I think and it, it, I'm, I think it, the fact that this was what might be the re, what might be the sea change with this live video, I think we're we're fortunate because it could have been a lot worse. Sure. Um, 
because I, the, the Facebook Live and the Instagram Live and all these live streaming things, I think they're fun and they're great. But you, you, when you put them in the hands of, you know, essentially kids, um, it's, it's, it's not going to end well. And I, 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 don't, I don't think anything, there's anything wrong with Mike Tomlin's speech. I mean, he's supposed Nothing. to fire those guys up, and he's supposed right. to say those things. Um, if anything bothers me, if that Antonio Brown was in front and center while he was doing it. Right. Uh, you know, he was kind of behind that, behind that locker room smiling into his phone rather than being there with his teammates. That part bothers me the most. Me too. Um, you know, I, 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 I think there's going to be a hard, hard and fast rule here coming soon on, on social media and things in the locker room because no I, I don't league. think no that's a great league. move. Right. But um, I, I do think that we're – the thing that bothers me the most is that one of the most important players on that team wasn't right next to his coach while he was delivering that speech. Yeah, I, I found it to be honestly a little annoying. Who do you think wins that game, New England or Pittsburgh? I, I think you're seeing a lot of bubbling up about Pittsburgh and, you know, Le'Veon Bell this and Antonio Brown that and Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that's exactly what Bill Belichick wants. And I yeah, think right. I think I think you're going to see a lot of narrative kind of steering towards Pittsburgh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the line moves towards them. But I, 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 I'm not going to doubt Bill Belichick at home. Um, it's, you know, it's far from his first rodeo, and he's got an extra day and a half to prepare for these guys. So I'm, I'm going to go with the, the Patriots. You give the page, you give Bill Belichick and the Patriots time to prepare for anybody, and you have to like their odds. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but you have to like their odds. All right, talk the Cavs, talk Cavs Twitter off the ledge, buddy, because I saw a lot of jumping off the bandwagon last night. I only stayed up for the first half. And you could tell very early on in the game it was the Warriors' night. They just were on last night. Kevin Durant was something else last night. And Steph, too. Like, they were just something else. And so you could tell early on, first quarter, first five, six minutes of the quarter, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is Gold State's night. They, they have it. They're in sync. We're not. Um, there's no reason to panic here for the Cavaliers, right? I mean, panic if you want, but Warriors waxed them twice last year, and they and the Cavs ended up winning the NBA Finals. So fair point. I mean, and, and it wasn't even it wasn't even a close games. I mean, I think they beat them by twenty something on Martin King Day last year, and then in January, um, at you know, it was another drubbing. Um, I'm not. Yeah, it was frustrating to see. I mean, it seemed like Golden State every basket they would make was easy, and every point that the Cavs had to score was like hard earned. The assist total was uh, insane. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, that's, that's the issue, is, is I think five of the last seven games for the Cavs, they've had more turnovers. Than right. And you're not going to win basketball games that or way. Right. And, you know, everybody's saying, about, you know, the magic number is 20 for the Cavs. If they have more than 20 assists, they're going to win basketball games, which is great. But the Warriors average 31. You know, they move the ball much, much better than the Cavs could dream of doing. I mean, the Cavs' high watermark this year is 31, and that's what... And that's what Golden State averages. And I know when you have a lot of playmakers who can create their own shots, you, you can do that the way Golden State does, and the Cavs essentially have two. But um, I'm not worried. I think they have time to figure this out. Um, I think a seven-game series is much different than a six-game road trip that ends in Oakland. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the cards were just not in the Cavs' favor heading into the game, and I think that all kind of bared out by the final score. Yeah, last night uh, it was frustrating as a Cavs fan to watch, and and I, I think even as a basketball fan, it was frustrating to watch the uh, the LeBron and the Draymond Green incident go down. And I think it was just kind of you know you had Chris Webber talking about oh well it's you know NBA players being soft and he's flopping, and then Draymond Green like mocking LeBron, and, mocking you know yeah. it, it is, and uh, you know they they talked earlier in the week, and LeBron said this isn't a rivalry, but obviously there's some bad blood between those you know teams and those two dudes in particular. Uh, what's your take on everything that happened between Draymond? In, uh, in LBJ last night? Well, for, I think LeBron has to sell fouls or they won't get called. Um, you know, he's so big and so explosive 
And he's, you know, we, we had a piece not long ago about the ratio of drives to the lane and free throws attempted. And, like, guys like James Harden and DeMar DeRozan and smaller guards are at the line substantially more than a guy with the size of LeBron. And so if these guys are going to be bouncing off of him and they're not, he's not going to get foul calls, when that happens, he has to sell it. And, you know, so I, I don't blame him for that. Um, I, I think it was the right call. I think they had to do that to kind of, you know, cool things down. And I think the double technical, while frustrating for Richard, um, you know, it had to be, had to be called as well because they, they, the refs can't let that situation right. you know, dictate the course of the game. Um, you know, what, what the commentary was, I mean, that's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, some of those guys are called flops. I think what Charles Barkley called it bogus. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of different things about that. But I, I think LeBron's playing it the right way with, with the mind games a little bit, um, you know, saying it's not a rivalry. You know, just like any, you know, if we just think of Browns fans trying to say the Steelers are still a rivalry, right? I mean, it's, it's so one-sided, and it gets to the point where you're, you're kind of nipping at the ankles. And I think if you can make the Golden State Warriors – say it's a rivalry and the Cavs say it's not, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, it's very calculated by LeBron, just like everything else. Is. So, yeah. I mean, it is, it is a rivalry. The fans, we obviously, you go on Twitter, be. they dislike each other. Right. I think the team, as competitive and respectful as they are of one another, dislike each other, and they both really, really want to win. And when you have this, you know, we're looking at a third straight NBA Finals, which has never happened before between two teams. I mean, it's a rivalry. I mean, it's, it's up there with Jordan and, and Magic and Bird and all those guys. So, they can say what they want, um, but you know the next time these guys face off, if they do, we'll be in the NBA Finals, so we'll see what happens. It's just what LeBron does. He, you're right. He internalizes. He puts it inside. He, he And I would like a little bit more realism out of the guy, but I understand what he's doing. He's going to use it as fuel. There'll be cookies at a party that says, you know, rivalry on him or something, and he'll use it. And I'll tell you what, if we hoist another trophy over his head in June, I don't care. <laughs> You know what I mean? Do what you got to do. <laughs> right. I, you know what I mean? Do what you got to do to win. But it is a rivalry, and I think it's good for the NBA, and I think it's good for the NBA fan. I think you need a little bit of that. It keeps you invested in games. It keeps you wanting to watch games and see what happens. I think it's totally healthy for uh, for all leagues to have a little good guy, bad guy going on in there. There's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. My man, thank you so much for joining us on Tuesday. Normally, uh, that's Monday at 8. We appreciate it, buddy. Talk to you next week. Absolutely, you will. We're going to get you hooked up with WWE tickets. That's uh, coming to town January the 22nd. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, oh my, yeah, that's Sunday. this Sunday, right? Oh, dude, I'm pumped about it. Pumped about it. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> I, would have not, I would have never known that, Fantone. So we'll pass those tickets out next on Rock 106.9. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. Check out the Stansberry Show section there. Uh, there is where you can see the uh, interview with uh, Steve Amiocic, who was unhappy finding out that Alistair Overeem made more money than he did for that title fight that went down at the queue. His whole thing, Stipe's whole point is, you know, they base it on hometown hero, defends his crown, and his hometown. You know, you would think that the money would be in the even. But, you know, UFC says, bro, contract, you signed it, you didn't ask questions. So there's a standstill there. And now this is not like the first time we've seen this with the UFC. Connor's had problems with his contracts. We've seen other guys. Um, Even more so of like Stipe. You know other dudes have been in this boat before. Yeah, you're not the first guy at this. Get a lawyer, dude. Anytime, dude, anytime you're doing something legally, whether that's in the court system, whether that's signing a contract, it's probably worth paying the 100 bucks for an hour's worth of a lawyer's time to be like, bro. Oh. You go over this, kind of take a look, tell me what I, you know. We're getting ready. We're waiting on our contract. I don't know what for. All we do is knock it out of the park. I don't know what the hang up on our contract is. And I don't even know. They always tell me it's being prepared. How is it being prepared? You haven't asked me what my asks are. How are you preparing my contract right now if you don't know what it is I want? 
they're going to pull a steep A on you. I, I mean, I, 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 well, yeah, your contract is on the de- it's on the lawyer's desk in New York. How could that possibly be? We haven't negotiated language at all, not once. How could that possibly be? you they're gonna hand you that steep they're gonna be like here you go I, I dude if they think i'm just gonna blindly sign they're out of their mind i'm gonna obviously have to, to have somebody an adult like look at this right. and be like no right like this isn't right this is this isn't right and this really means this and that's a six syllable word there's no way you understand what that means Sansbury. so let me tell you it's like you know there's gonna be stuff so yeah i mean i don't know that steep didn't have somebody look at it but i mean if you're on if, it seems like that may have been the case why I'll be uh, reaching out to attorney Jason Reese, big fan of the show. And, uh, you know. Oh, no. I, sorry, Jason. I'm going to find a lawyer that hates me. I'm going <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna find a lawyer that's like, nope, too uh, too childish for my taste. I, I, I want the lawyer that looks down his nose at the likes of me. That's I feel comfortable with those. So Interesting there, there but you can check out the interview. WRQK.com. Do you sleep naked? Uh, yes, frequently. Is that right? Yeah, last night, for sure. I had sex last night. Definitely was not putting on clothes after that. I cannot sleep naked. Really? Yeah. Okay. And they say here that uh, sleeping in your boxers does bad things to your penis. Uh, new advice from a men's health expert advises men to go uh, what is known as commando okay. while you sleep for the good of the health of your balls there. Uh, a doctor here, Brian uh, Stixner, director of the Institute for Men's Health. At Jersey Urology Group, uh, advise men that sleeping in your boxers or briefs could lead to fertility problems. Now, this is obviously an issue for younger men who don't have the kids yet. I mean, if you're, you know, if you got three kids at home, not planning on more kids, you know, wrap up the boys right, at night, right. you're good to go. But according uh, to this uh, study, sleeping in underwear can affect the quality of sperm because men's our crotches there become a little too warm in the nighttime. He said your nether regions need to uh, be just the right temperature in order to optimize optimize sperm production. It says more bacteria makes for a higher likelihood that any chafed or irritated skin down there becomes infected. Yikes. All right, that sounds concerning. I cannot sleep naked. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I always like I'll try it. Like we cuz there's always inevitably there are certain things that come out like 5 times a year. The sleeping naked study is always one of them mm-hmm. and we always have to like kind of talk about it on the program. And so I'll always try it. Like, I guarantee you I will try this tonight. After hearing the benefits, I'll be like, you know what? I need to try this. And I'll start it out. 25 minutes later, I'll get up and I'll go across the room and I'll grab underwear or some sort of like short or something and put it on. I I guess the question that I have about this is like, well, if your balls are just getting so hot at night, like your balls are just over, over, over the temperature, why aren't we just walking around with them swinging out all the time? Because if, if, if underwear is enough to make them overheat at night, well, aren't they overheating during the day? Aren't they overheating? You know, I mean, really, if, if I put a blanket over me, my balls are underneath that blanket too. Is the blanket overheating them? Should I just have like a, you know, a breathing window for my testicles at all times? Little uh, Velcro in. <laughs> a little something. A little something. <laughs> little Velcro in, uh, you know, situation. Pull them out right uh, now. Just let I don't know if the pulling the balls out in public. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if America's ready. That seems very European for, for America. Now, apparently, sleeping naked comes with multiple benefits here. And they say some of them uh, is uh, that your skin continues to look youthful. And, you know, a nice looking bag, I bet, is probably, you know, it's better in the dating world, I bet. And uh, it helps you lose weight, it does. And obviously, you'll be, you know, a little closer to the person you're sleeping next to. And uh, they say here, if you're looking to boost your erection, that uh, eating watermelon, and I've heard that the, like, the rind of a watermelon is, uh, like, there's a lot of nutrients in that that help you, uh, you know, get and sustain an erection there. Cucumber, oysters, pork, and onions, and even coffee give you a little bit of a helping hand in the erection, uh, you know, area there. 
<laughs> I can't sleep naked, bro. It weirds me out. I uh, no, I like I said, did it last night, and I, there is something about like, especially if you have a partner, there's a little bit of like, oh, maybe we'll just end up having sex because we're both yeah. naked up in here. I mean, I have definitely fallen asleep naked after having some sex, but like, I live alone, right? right. I don't have like a living right. girlfriend or whatever. So like, when I go home tonight, unless I, you know, unless you know, uh, well, unless I have a visitor this evening, which I don't have that planned as of right now, um, I, I'll sleep alone tonight. And it just seems, I don't know, wrong. I'm like, not like I'm breaking rules, but it feels strange. And it reminds me of that thing like your parents would say to you when you were like leaving the house. Always make sure you're wearing clean underwear because you don't know what happens. And bro, I got to tell you, I live in downtown Canton. I, it's not like it's the worst neighborhood in the world, but it's got enough crime in it. Happen. It's got enough crime in it where I don't need the extra 25 seconds of finding drawers <laughs> in the middle of the night to take down the, you know, the assailant. I already got to find the gun, put the clip in it, unlock it from its case, do all the other things. I don't need to be grabbing the fruit of the looms as my TV and, well, that's really all I own, gets <laughs> yanked out of the front door of my house. I don't, I don't need that. I don't, I don't like that system at all. We have WWE tickets. They're coming back to town on the 22nd, Sunday. 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 As a matter of fact. And uh, we have put Fantone uh, in charge of uh, orchestrating the interview with the WWE wrestling superstar. They're not wrestlers. No, they're not. They're, uh, they're, they're WWE superstars. I was yelled at once before. Yeah. Uh, you have been put in charge of uh, lining that interview up. They have gotten back to you and, and told you that we will be a go for Friday morning. Correct. But they're still like keeping you in suspense of who it is? Yeah, the WWE, they're known to do that. Bro, like, you no, know, I just find it unacceptable. You copy and paste the, 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 the recent ratings and you send them. And I don't, dude, I want all the way up the food chain. Oh. All the way up to Vince. Vince, you, I want the text message on Vince's hip. Here are the numbers for Canton, Ohio. You need us more than we need you. Give me the wrestler. Sorry. Give me the superstar's name. I'm just kidding. But we'll talk Friday uh, morning. One of those dudes. I don't know if Roman, you know, Owens or whatever. Stop that. it. Stop <laughs> it. I knew. You're messing I, them up. I knew I'd make them all mad. Stop it. I knew I'd make them mad with it. But let's put you in the building for it. January okay. uh, 22nd, this weekend, Canton Civic Center. Caller 20, 1 800. 243-7625. We'll get you hooked up with those and be right back with more show. Hang on. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday. New chain smokers, new Florida Georgia line. They've enlisted the help of the Backstreet Boys. Wow. And then uh, new Dropkick Murphys. And then locally here, uh, we have Donna's grandson. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's uh, I'm not actually kidding. Uh, it, the name of the band is The Permanence, and uh, their grandmother sent in this letter. Apparently, a friend of uh, a guy who listens to the show, a friend of hers, gave her a heads up that we'll do this. And she's not necessarily a fan of the program, uh, but she's like says, you know, she's begging me here for for help for her grandson. So I'm gonna do it. I uh, feel like being nice. Feel like doing a feel like doing a good deed. So we'll play The Permanence for you, 9 a.m. this morning. Part of New Tour Tuesday. I have here another school employee, teacher, okay. educator, who's been fired because of what they did on social media. And I'm on the fence on this. And I know that's very anti-radio, right? It's a, what do you mean? You don't have a strong opinion one way or the other on it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are, 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 do you mean to be, you're, you're like a regular person and you're flipping the coin trying to figure out how you feel about something? No. They're like, that's anti-radio there, right? But I'm a little on the fence on this one. 
Okay, and I urge people all the time: if you're if you if you're not required to be on social media, you should get your ass off of it because it's only going to hurt you in the long run. So sooner or later, something bad will happen because of it. And now a Maryland public school district has to have uh, well, they've had to fire one of their employees. Okay, apparently a student uh, tweeted at the Frederick County Public Schools Twitter account and asked for schools to be closed tomorrow. And they had the student had misspelled tomorrow. Now, in the world of Twitter, I will tell you that not always is it somebody not knowing how to spell something. A lot of the times what it is is that you're typing fast. It's on a keyboard on your phone. We don't hold the same quality as if you're writing something. And you're typing kind of fast, and you hit send before thinking about previewing it. It happens to me right. all the time. There's a difference between a typographical error, a typo, and a misspelling. You know what now, I mean? Like They can both be the same thing, but the reason behind it. I will tell you that the word was spelled this way. Maybe that will help figure us out what happened there, whether it's okay. flat out misspelled. Or if it was a little bit of a typographical, you know, error there. T a m m a r o w. Now that's a pretty butchered version of tomorrow. Yeah. So much so that honestly, do you notice now with your smartphone, if you start typing a word you don't totally know how to spell and you get it close, the phone will tell you this is how you spell that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, so we got to weigh that into this, right? Um, yes. And but the the fact that he put both O's as A's. That that to me says you're an idiot and you didn't know how to. This spell feels it. like a misspell to me. Right. That's the way I read it when I when I saw how it was spelled. This felt like a misspell to me. So Katie Nash was in charge of running this Twitter feed for the school district, and she responds back, and that's where the trouble comes in. And her response was, "But then how would you learn how to spell tomorrow?" little sarcasm back at the student who's asking for another day off there. And the response is something educationally based. And so I'm kind of at an impasse here on how I feel about it. Because it seems weird for a teacher to call a student out. Like if you called on a kid in class and singled him out and basically called him stupid in front of the class, that's going to be a problem. And calling this kid out via this on Twitter to a lot of people is going to land like that. Like you're highlighting this kid and calling him stupid in public. Or him or her. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl that sent the initial tweet. I, I don't know that. But it, but it, I feel like there are going to be people who say that, and I can hear an argument on that. But on the other side, it's an educator's job to do what? Educate your children. And I think that there is something, especially in today's new world, where reminding a child that putting your best foot forward digitally is a smart move and make sure you double check and make sure things are spelled properly because that's what's going to need to happen in the real world and on job interviews and uh, you know and that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's all that wrong. I don't think it's wrong at all. I don't know where the argument comes in of why this is wrong. I can't I can't wrap my head around it of like usually I can see things from other people's perspectives and I try to like all right, well why is it he didn't the 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 the, the, the teacher or the whoever the woman was that was running the Twitter account, you can say that well he was it was implying that he was stupid but it was never said it was never anything right. like that so it wasn't mean spirited but what right. do i always say what do i always say about twitter is that you can't pick up tone in text it's hard and what i'm going to say right now is going to sound if we're going to go you can't pick up tone in text well i can't pick up tone in writing so if she would have written down on this kid's test hey you misspelled tomorrow is she saying or she saying right. he's an idiot exactly so what i've always said and i think and th- this is going to sound crazy to a lot of you but i think when you have new technologies, you need new answers to new problems. And are we maybe ready for a sarcasm font? 
I don't know why, and I've, dude, I've, I've been trying to get this going for the past decade plus of my life, why we don't do starcasm. And instead of like quotation marks that show like, you know, hey, this is what somebody said, if you put stars and use them as quotation marks, so sarcasm starts here and ends here. Oh, I like it. Starcasm. Oh, that's actually a really good idea. I've Matt. been trying to get it going, and nobody's been biting in with me. Matt, that's a great, that, Matt, that's a really good idea. Dude, because I'm, I feel like I need that. Because again, I'm very snarky. And I'm very sarcastic. And now Twitter, everything is so literal. Like I tweeted like four things out over this weekend. I was totally kidding. And people were giving me literal responses. And I was like, oh, it's because you people don't know I'm joking. And it's like, well, of course, how are you going to know that? I, I'm a communicator by trade. And so I like conversation. I like the nuance. I like the back and forth. The, 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 the text world, the online world, I, I'm not a fan. Right, because it it just robs us of of what it is I enjoy, which is the historic back and forth of conversation there. But I, dude, starcasm, starcasm, yeah, man, ten years now, dude. That well, and honestly, man, all great, all great things have to go back to the drawing board a few times before they see the light of day. But that is, I, I, a, a sarcasm font. I feel like we need. You know how many Twitter beefs would be reduced to like twenty seconds versus two weeks long if there was a if, if there was something like that. I think it would help yield some of this. It would help stop some of this I hate you, you hate me kind of mentality that we see seep into this stuff. Well, then what would we do all day? If I wasn't screaming about how other people are wrong and I'm right, I'm a good person, I'm the best, How? what else are we going to do all day? Drink beer and beat it is what I would do all day. That's what I would do. We'll start New Turd Tuesday. We'll do it next on Rock 106.9. New Turd Tuesday. Welcome back to the program on Rock 106.9, also online for you, WRQK.com. It's where you can see a literally coach tell uh, his players that their dads are losers. And if your dad oh, we have it. has said, oh, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, just as long as you have fun, well, I hate to say it, your dad's a loser. Wow. Okay? Wow. Dads are losers. You probably, uh, Matt, uh, Phantom feels like that was uh, that was set up there, and we're looking for you know people to uh, you know that want internet fame. If you watch the entire video, and the reason I think it's set up is because he starts like pointing at the kids and naming them off by names, and they're the most like stereotypical like stupid new names. It's like Aiden, Aiden with a Y, right. Jackson with an X, and he's just like calling them these funny things. So I don't know, maybe he's just a naturally funny dude, but it, it felt a little set up to me. Uh, the video's online for you, wrqk.com. We are getting ready to start New Tour Tuesday. Day, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino in Northfield Park there. Uh, Chainsmokers are a band that had a yeah. huge hit on their hands. Now, I didn't really care for it, and I don't really like them. Do we have a little... Can I play that so people... Because I think people are probably like me going, I don't know that, but they know it. They just don't know that that's what they're called. Give me a little second here. I'll pull this bad boy I would like to be able to give people a frame of reference. They're one of those bands, and I guess we're saying band very loosely here. They're two dudes who 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 play music on computers, and they always have like another broad singing the songs none of them are ever like it's not artists yeah so i mean this is this is if your kids are addicted to ecstasy they're this is their favorite band though this was like the song arguably song of 2016 biggest song of the year I'm gonna pull up, pull yeah up. even i would have to admit that I just don't get it. Personally, I, I, it's just not for me. It's acceptable pop music. It's fine. My whole thing with it is... And this this song, isn't the one I was thinking of. No, I'm sorry. No, what are you thinking of? I might have had my bands wrong. What are you thinking Because they had a female singing like their hit. No, right? this is it. She's, she starts singing. This isn't the same song. 
I might have my bands wrong. I, I think I'm the one that's on the wrong end here. Are you thinking Don't Let Me Down? That was a big that's hit, too. The, that's the, yeah, I think that's the... Yeah, like I've never even heard that song you just played. Oh, yes, you have. This felt like the bigger song of the year to me. Oh. Am I wrong about it? I mean, I'm, I'm For not, sure. I'm not fighting on it. I'm, For sure. Okay, I, I felt like this, I feel like I hear, heard this more. Arguably two of the biggest songs of 2016. Same group there, so, so they had a big year, the Chainsmokers did. I'm not a fan, personally, I don't get it, falls deaf on me, but whatever. We acceptable pop music. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it's something like it's like, oh my god, that's egregiously bad or anything. It's just you know, I, I don't. I hear that and I don't. It doesn't flick the happy switch in my brain. So they have a new song called Paris. So we'll judge that now on New Tour Tuesday. This is the Chainsmokers. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people get upset about like we were staying in Paris. press play and and I'm an artist, but if it sounds good, whatever. Yeah, songwriters and ghostwriting. I mean, dude, all these things are just personal opinions. I don't know if it's fair, but I thought how could I let you fall by yourself? Well, I'm wasted with someone else. If we go down, then we go down together. They'll say you could do anything. I will say that going down together simultaneously is beneficial for both people involved. That is the best system. Unless you're easily distracted, because I feel like there's people who are easily distracted, like ADD and sex, and it's like, well, you know, hey, just because I'm doing this doesn't mean you can stop doing yeah, that. Yeah, don't, don't phone it in, bro. Right, don't, don't phone right, it in. Right. Okay, fair. Fair. That is true, dude. A lot of girls can't handle that. Oh, dude, you can't be better than other people. Or, dude, have, has nobody told the chain smokers what, what, what decade they're in? The millennials don't like that. You know my problem with their, with, with their music is? What is that? Is that I think musically it's pretty good. But because they always get like these people I don't care about to sing stuff and like the lyrics are stuff that I don't really care about, I feel like a lot of time what I'm hearing is wasted musical tracks for me. I mean, this dude's not a particularly strong singer, but right. he's acceptable. And I think that's really what Chainsmokers have done for me is like, well, it's pop music you don't hate, dude. Well, there's also a little bit of, well, let's not have somebody else be the bigger star than the group itself. And wow. so there's always a little bit of, let's keep that person. In. And that's amazing when you think about what I'm saying there, is that they're able to keep the vocalist in the background as like the non-star. Yeah, I mean, if you can do that, hats off to you. you yeah, know? there was a rock group that tried that. Remember who was I forget their name. They they but they had like Corey Taylor sang one of the songs oh, yeah, on that. Yeah, it, they, they were, yeah. it was like a three person band and they didn't have a singer and they just contracted the vocals out for every song. Yeah, I remember they had that. one hot song with Corey Taylor and then it kind of fell apart after that. Was it Apocalyptica? That's it. it that is, is it right there. there. It yeah. Is. Oh, there she is. And that's just she. Who that is, I don't know. The Chainsmokers don't even know. Every song, it's a different broad. Is that right? Yeah. 
Dio was on one of them. Halsey was on one. Hazley. Hazley. Halsley. Halsley. I don't know who she is. Uh, she's pretty good live. Um, if, if if you're friends with like women empowerment, twenty two year old women, sure. you know what I mean. Like the struggle that is single white female at twenty two. Tough. Tough. Like, Starbucks is hard. Right. Halsey's like they're uh, like that, that. That's like they're. They won't call her a chick. <laughs> you know what Don't I mean? They'll know. they'll be outside the radio station uh, protesting. But that's their spirit animal. There you go. Yeah, I mean, vocally, it's passing grade. Musically, it's a passing grade. I can't, I, I can't ever like say, oh, they suck. But I don't know, it's just there. Apparently, dude, we're wrong, and that the guy singing this is Drew. It's one of the guys in the van. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was always a separate dude. I don't know, but that's an adult who knows the guy's name and Chainsmokers. <laughs> Chainsmokers. So. I just don't take ecstasy anymore. You know what I mean? And so, like, it kind of falls a little flat on me. I don't feel this is necessarily, like, that music anymore. Where there's certainly that music. There's that club scene. Like, if you're not doing drugs, it's terrible. I know Chainsmokers are an electronic group. That's where they're derived from. This is a little bit. This is, hey, we've had some hits, like, just making regular songs. Let's just continue to. Let's abandon what made us famous and just make, you know. Make money. Make money. Right. Yeah, you're right. make money. Maybe that's why I like this more than I've liked the other ones. Maybe that's why. I'm going to assume, I don't know if it's a fact, but I'm going to assume that these dudes are a part of the iHeartRadio Music Award Gangbang Fest. Oh yeah. So if you wanna win uh if you wanna win tickets to go see the chain smokers, eleven o'clock, fish heads got your next opportunity. I don't get this. And it's not like I don't like electronic music. Music in the 80s was all keyboard, all synthesizer, all like put together like that. I love all that stuff. Now, our, our good buddy Grant, who listens to the program, yeah. phenomenal bartender down at uh, uh, the Canton Brewing Company, yeah. says, I like it. It's the perfect lap dance song. Well, there you go. And to be honest with sure, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, uh, I could see that. Fancho, give me the vote there. I'm not a turd. This isn't me saying like, bro, that was the track of the year. But dude, Chainsmokers have one hell of a resume over the past 12 months. And that song is just as good as all the other ones. It's acceptable and it's not a turd. So I'm going with that. I'm going to shock the world. Well, you can go with not a turd. Not a turd. Yeah, I think I like that better than I like the other things. The other things were huge songs. Yeah, so given ones. history, it seems like people are, are in on the chain smokers. I felt like that song, at least for me, was an easier listen than some of the other stuff. So I will vote not a turd on that. We have new Florida Georgia line. Oh, here we go. Featuring the Backstreet Boys. We'll play that next. They're not. New Turd Tuesday. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We already played you the new Chainsmokers Paris for New Turd Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Rocks. You know, we both voted not a turd on that one, and uh, I was, you know, people are surprised at my take there because I've been a little anti-Chainsmokers, but I, I thought that song was all right, and given their history, I think that they'll find a home for it. People are more open to songs when they have previous history with a band that's made them happy before. Yeah, of course. So I, I think you'll see that song get picked up. It'll be a pretty big song. Not a turd there. 
Uh, we have new Florida Georgia Line, and apparently they've enlisted the help of the Backstreet Boys. Well, if anybody knows about kicking the dust up, it's the Backstreet Boys, dude. At BSB, they were just, you know, driving those uh, driving those trucks through the red dirt roads and looking at the moonlight. And dude, BSB, that's what they were all about. And um, I can't quite make sense of this before we play it for you. <laughs> the, the, the song is God, Your Mama, and Me, and I can't make sense of this, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Florida Georgia Line doesn't need this. This is all upsell, upside for Backstreet Boys. I get it because you're kind of on the on the back nine of your career. You're doing like the '90s tour now, right. and you need like seven other bands right. for people to come see you. TLC and Coolio right. and Backstreet Boys. Right. You need 150 yeah. groups for, for people to care. Where Florida Georgia Line, if they played any venue in Ohio tomorrow, they're probably going to come close to a sellout, if not sell it out. And so, like, I can't quite figure out why you. I understand enlisting the help of other, other artists. Totally get it. And even crossover to other formats because it helps you sell records in, in a market where maybe you wouldn't have. So I get it. But, like, they're not hot enough for you right now. I think, and I don't want to Am be, I overthinking it? I, a little bit. And I think in the, in the sense of, like, number one, maybe they're not hot right now, but nostalgia certainly is. So Ooh. so chicks who were 12 years old when the Backstreet Boys were really big. Now like Florida Georgia Now we're 27 and are like, all right, I listen to country music, but if you put, you know, Justin Timberlake okay. or whatever on the track. Um, and I don't want... I don't want to have this come out wrong. I don't want to say like the Backstreet Boys are timeless. You know what I mean? Because it's not. But there is a little bit of like. Whoa. But there is a little bit of like. We're not saying who, what, who the Backstreet Boys. Like you know what we're talking about. Yeah, they're not O Town. Yeah, I mean you don't. You know who we're talking about. Okay. Uh, all right, man. Timeless. Dude, timeless. I do, I do not. <laughs> Stop it, dude! Don't do that. It's like that. watching Casablanca. Just timeless. It's like it's like watching an episode of Seinfeld. You know there's 90s cheese on it, but you're like, damn, it's so good. I'll watch it again and again and again. BSB. Here's the thing about BSB, though. <laughs> I'm glad I got you calling him that. BSB. Here's, here's the thing about BSB. Backstreet's back, baby. I, <laughs> Jesus. It's awful. Oh, true. I don't know, but that's just it. Like, I can't separate them in the NSYNC. Like, here's the thing. All right, we'll play this game. BSB or NSYNC, and I don't know, is... um. Bye bye bye. Who was that? That's in sync. Okay, Dude, I'm gonna know uh, all these. I'm gonna <laughs> kick ass at this. All right. Well, obviously the Backstreet's back tonight. Was the Backstreet? Yeah. Like, whatever that was. I, I, you know, if you want to do a little, Dude, give me a little BSB rundown. Little great, greatest hits right here. Yeah, give me a little. Give me a little GH or the BSB. Quit, quit playing games with my heart. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Hotless. I want it that way. I mean, dude, I have a dump button for Christ's sake. I can't believe I didn't dump out of you saying the Backstreet Boys is timeless. I want it that way. Everybody knows this one. They want it. Yeah. The, yeah. And I think we all know what way he wanted it. <laughs> I don't think any of them are gay. The NSYNC guy came out as gay. It's a good one right here. And then this one, just a BSB. Dude, smash. Smash it. Rock your body. This was a, a this. This was a smash. There's no denying. Timeless, dude. Timeless. Stop it. It's like Citizen Kane. Oh my god. Oh god, this job is so much fun, dude. Like Citizen Kane. Oh my god is right. Oh my god, I want to spend the rest of the uh, I want to spend the rest of the morning listening to BSB, the GH of BSB. God, it sounds like we're naming things you're not allowed to take in the NFL. All right. Florida Georgia Line featuring BSB. God, your mama 
and me. Did they do it again? Make a smash hit. They did it again. Come on home, my love is never gonna run dry. Never gonna come up empty. I'll tell you what's never gonna run dry. The panties of the Florida Georgia Line fans. That's what never runs dry. First of all, there's always conditions on love. There's always conditions on love. If okay. you, hey, hey, yo, I'm gonna love you unconditionally until the Backstreet Boys gangbanger out, right? And then you're gonna be like, I don't know. Well, well, well. There's conditions to that, dude. Okay, all right. All there's right. conditions to that. So I hate when people are like, "Oh, I love you unconditionally." There's always conditions. I'm gonna love you love. unconditionally unless you lose a leg in a car accident. <laughs> well, <laughs> then I'm out. Knows. Then I'm not rolling you around, rolling you at the mall. I don't like the unconditionally part. It feels forced. That's a BSB member right there, right? It's got to be. There's like five of them. How many? So there's going to be seven dudes singing on a two and a half minute long song? That's a lot. We might find out they had seven guys write it. That's always the thing, too. All right. Stop this real quick. We have to do this again. Why? We have to, we, we, we have to explain this. Why we're playing country music on a rock station. We, uh, okay. Okay. We happen to work at a rock radio station. Yes, we that do. is true. Yes. This shows mass appeal. People yes. who don't like rock music, who hate rock music, listen to it. So during the music feature, we like to bring all musical formats into it to represent everybody who listens to the program. Right. This is essentially right. having right. a black dude on South Park. Right. This is token. Right. This is exactly what this well, is. And let's not act like just because you're a fan of something, like, okay, I'm a huge fan of rock music. It's the only music I like. It's like the only music that you're ever going to be exposed to. It's not like when you walk up into Applebee's going to get your two for 25. It's not like you're going to be like, no, uh, they're playing the new Backstreet Boys in Florida Georgia Line. I'm walking out. They're not playing Slayer. You are going to have to deal with music that you don't like. And here's another one. All right, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull the curtain all the way back, and I'm gonna show you the wizard. Right? You know why I really do it? So three months from now, when you're skipping around on your radio dial the way you always do, and this song comes up on QMX, you uh, you identify it with us and not QMX. That's why. Whoever said that irritates me. Tell him to shut up. I hate that person. Well, that's why I brought it up so you could do it. You think the Backstreet Boys had to put a dipper in to record that song, record that verse? I think the Backstreet Boys had to do had to put something in their mouth to get on this record. I'm not sure it was Skull. Kick the dust up. Say what you want about Florida Georgia Line. I said it earlier this morning. I get why people who are anti-country why this is like the band that you guys hate. I totally get it, but they know what they're doing. They absolutely know what they're doing. So did Kickster. No 
See, that part feels so forced. Georgia Line with BSB. That's the Backstreet Boys. Dude, in like two years, Florida Georgia Line is going to have a greatest hits record. Wow. Wow. And here's, wow. The, and here's the thing wow. about that great. And here's the thing about that greatest hits record. It's going to be filled with number one hits. That's a band that's got four albums out. All killer, no filler. Greatest they hits. Kind of are all killer, no filler. Florida Georgia Line oh, there. Okay. Florida Georgia Line there. All but right. Featuring the Backstreet Boys, God, Your Mama, and me. Fantone, give me the boat there. Buddy. It's a turd. Boy, oh boy. I, I, I'm not a bro country fan, and I understand that, you know, uh, you can like hair metal, but you can not like winger. There's a difference there, yes. you know? But yes. uh, uh, this is this is the worst of the worst, and then you throw the Backstreet Boys on top of it. I feel like they didn't even bring anything to the table. Like I said, a two and a half minute song, seven different dudes singing on it. Eh. Not, 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 not good. I agree that I don't think it's a great song, but if you can hear that and not know it's going to be a smash hit for that format and their audience, you're insane. That song is not a turd. Not a turd. I'm sorry, guys. I know you hate the pro country thing, but that song's got big ol' hit written all, all, all over it. We'll play you the new Dropkick Murphys. See, because that's rock music, right? Rock music that, that just rocks the, the rock, mother! That's, that, that, that's rock music, <laughs> right? You, you, you pretentious rock fans, you'll get new Dropkick next on Rock 106.9. New Turd Tuesday. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, where I have to apologize to a member of the Twitter community. Mm. At Krebs 40 buddy, I'm sorry. He was the one that tweeted in and said, why are you playing uh, rock, uh, country music on a rock station? And then we like kind of made fun of him on the radio, and he was like, bro, I even used Fantone's Starcasm quotes. Oh. So we were talking about how sarcasm kind of needs its own font online so people know. And Fantone had said the best thing to do is instead of using quotation marks, you use like the little stars. It's Starcasm there. And everybody knows. And everybody knows you're being like a sarcastic uh, you know, D there. Right. Versus, you know, trying to be serious, and he actually used it. He was like, I was just doing what you guys said for me to do, and now you're yelling at me. So, buddy, I'm so sorry about that. It's okay. Sansbury, he's got no short-term memory whatsoever. It's all right. Don't none. Worry. Don't worry about and it. And none. What were, what were what we talking, just talking about? about? Who, what? So, uh, we are nearing the end of New Tour Tuesday. We yeah. played you the new Chainsmokers Paris. We uh, both voted not a turd on that one. And then we were split on Florida Georgia Line featuring the Backstreet Boys, God, Your Mama, and Me. Phantom voted a uh, turd on that. I voted not a turd. I don't love the song, but it's going to be a big old hit. And now we have new Dropkick Murphys. Paying My Way is the name of this. It's a song about Irish things, drinking and playing the bagpipes. Leprechauns. <laughs> I find the overly Irish thing to be wildly annoying. Dude, you're not going to like Dropkick like, Murphys. Now, see, here's the thing. I do kind of like Dropkick Murphys, but I like like the six songs from Dropkick Murphys that I like. Like, I'm not like a fan, and I don't get the kilt thing. I don't understand it. It's strange to me. And, uh, you know, everybody goes, you know, back in the day, golfers wore kilts, and you like to play golf. Right, yeah. Right, but, right, uh, right. but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not doing everything that they were doing there. Shillelaghs. 
Lucky Charms! Which are delicious. Yeah, they are good. Me Irish Grandma! Of course. Is it? Are you paying your way to Boston? Yeah, are, they're are, going are, to Boston. Are, 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 you, are you shipping up or whatever? They're just the, hell the it is? hard. They're the hardest working people on the face of the planet, and they're just out there hey, working my way a dollar a day. Sometimes I think the Irish got so God. drunk they forgot that they didn't go to work. God. Some days I'm weak, some days I'm strong. I'm paying my way, I'm paying my way. Man, songwriting. Shillelis! Potatoes! Bangers! That's them, right? <laughs> Bangers smash. Boys are back, right? I know there's two like famous Irish bands. I even forget the other one's name, but uh, there's like two. Flogging Molly. That's the other one. Yep. Which one is the um, is the is the uh, the Boys Are Back band? That's uh, I think that's Dropkick Murphys. Uh, I don't know. I really like that. We don't. We're not going to have no, that. Stop it. What, what would we have that for? for? Right. Proud to be an Irish. Conor McGregor. <laughs> that is the most Irish thing. <laughs> oh my god, dude. The songwriting in this is horrific. It's like a seven-year-old wrote it. Uh, it's how they always are, though, dude. It's that simple, like... So you can sing it when you're hammered drunk. Right. Green beer. Shillelagh. I find that overly, I'm proud to be Irish, thing so annoying. I guess, like, if you're what? at... What is he proud to be? He's proud to be a fighter. He's a fighter. Conor McGregor. If you're at Harmon's... Notre Dame. If you're at Harmon's and you're... On St. Patrick's Day. Blasted with your friends. For sure. I guess, but yeah. I mean, is anybody listening to this, like, sober by themselves? I, I couldn't do that. We're not even doing that right now. God. Ah, the harmonica. Is there a harmonica? What's going on there? You know what I don't hear? Uh, the pipes! Yeah, you're not paying the pipes, Sunsbury! There is nothing. Uh, there are very few sounds in the world I find more annoying than bagpipes. Re- even when Corn did it, it was you're like. not a big fan of that? Oh my god. Like, it's cool, I guess, but like overall, no, I don't think. I, I don't know why I do that. I, it wasn't cool. I hate <laughs> the bagpipes, dude. Yeah, you got, you got Jonathan Davis playing bagpipes, wearing a kilt, and then doing the. Boom, da, da, I cannot imagine you liking that too much. Hashtag songwriting. <laughs> yeah, Luke Bryan's the worst. I got it. Well, I 
take stock of what you done? What is that? Reading the Bards app? Like what? <laughs> How's that work out? I will give the Irish that, though. I will give you that, guys. As much as I find this whole like pomp and circumstance around your holiday to be ridiculous and wildly annoying, I will give you this. You are the one group of people who catches a verbal beating by everybody else in the world, and you roll with it. You don't care. You don't talk about how the man is holding you down. You don't bitch and moan. You just continue to do what it is we blame you for, which is get drunk and beat each other up and impregnate your, you know, the the, the Irish girl next to you. That's why every one of you has got like nine hundred kids because you don't because Jesus told you condoms are bad and whiskey was good, and so now there's just mix everywhere. I don't know. I feel like the Irish have rioted once or twice in their in their, in their history. I feel yeah, like yeah, but Leo I made a movie like... and it was good and it was like you know I, I don't know. That was a long time ago. I, I don't know. They don't even make those hats anymore. <laughs> My hopes were higher too, Dropkick. They were. On no bagpipes alone, I want to vote it not a turd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, fans, don't give me the vote there. I'm going to go with... It's a turd. I stand by my statement of, dude, outside of March 17th or going to the Tilted Kilt and getting hammered with my buddies, I don't know if I would ever want to listen to that again in my life. That was a turd. They're not very good. <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was great. I, it's I, a um, turd. Yeah, I, I'm being told check out 1916 out of Cleveland. They're a okay. pretty solid Irish band. I'm going to assume that they're probably wearing clothes from 1916, too, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're just an old-timey. We're going to play the washboard. <laughs> God, I did like, not want to hear that. Like they look like Mumford and Sons. Oh, like, for sure. Remember that whole thing? They're all wearing like those brown clothes clothes, and it all looks like they're in a black-and-white picture. Yeah, yeah. They're, they all would do that. Put it. up the Dukes thing. Yeah, put up the Dukes, the old-timey. The, the round barbells. Right, right, just lifting those giant, those, those, you those know, kettlebells. Like, dude, one of my favorite bands gets sucked into that kind of stuff. Like, Volbeat is so goddamn annoying about right. their obsession with that era. Yeah, you were born stuff. in the wrong time. You were born in the right time. We have modern medicine yeah. and cards. Yeah. <laughs> dude, the times aren't bad. Volbeat's so damn annoying about their obsession with that. Oh, we got weird mustaches and vests, and we're Volbeat. And it's like, god damn, you're a great band, but you just talk about stuff nobody cares out. So they oh, do we have a local? Oh, we do have a local, buddy. Did you get this loaded in? I have not heard yeah, this. I Nor- normally, this. I, normally, I hear Fantone love the local. I have not I heard think this. We can do this. Let me read this letter. Can I read this letter? Oh, of course you can. So Donna wrote in, and the listener writes from uh, yeah, exactly for her uh, for her grandson, and she writes, "My name is Donna. I am a proud grandmother of a member uh, in the band called the Permanence. Okay, I would like for you to take a listen to this CD and please play number nine, Gone Insane, on your radio show." I heard from my friend Jeff that you play local bands on the air on Tuesdays between 6 and 9 uh, a.m. My grandson is 16 years old and wrote the words and music to this CD. Please, please, please play it on the air. I uh, would wish that you would let me know so I can hear them on the radio. I'm not going to do that, Donna. But uh, they tried uh, out for America's Got Talent. And uh, the singer is her grandson. She says, here, thank you. Gave me her phone number so I could text her and let her know that they're going to be on the radio. I chose not to do that. D-Pix, send grandma D-Pix. Dude. Send it to her. 
Send it to her. She will have no idea where it's coming from. I feel a deep Instagram is famous all the wrong reasons there, <laughs> right? I feel like somebody that works at the Canton Repository is going to be at my front doorstep going, can you explain to me how this happened? And then I'm just going to have to point it. Well, dude, you know, my seven-foot Chewbacca over there was trying to tell me it was a good idea, and, you know, I let him fly the plane for 10 minutes, Bad and idea. then D-Picks for Grandma's what happened. Bad yeah. idea. I'm, I'm, voting, I'm voting turd on D-Picks to Grandma on that one. But we do have, oh, my God, we do have the permanence here. Uh, apparently a 16-year-old singer. Let's keep, that in, uh, let's keep that in mind while we judge it here. Here's Gone Insane. Anything. Are you surprised that the production value is as good as it is? Yes, right out of the gate, it already sounds better than I thought it would for a sixteen-year-old kid. In a different sound than I thought it would. When you when me you tell too. me when you tell me like, hey, a sixteen-year-old uh, band is going or a band of sixteen-year-olds is going to perform a song. It's like, oh, I hate my dad. My dad is so stupid. I hate Derek. Call He's the permanence. Now we have a photo that you don't have, but they're you know they're called the permanence and they're wearing jackets and like a tie like like thing there. I expected flat out. CBGB punk rock is exactly what I thought I was going to get, and I thought it was going to be poorly produced. So far, I'm 0 for 2. You said it's not even worth that kid's 16? Does not sound like a 16-year-old. We might have to take this more seriously than we thought. the song that would be playing credits of a movie in the credits of a movie are is going to say like at the days of summer and right at the dance of like a 1950s you know michael j fox goes back in time and and under the sea there right yeah Never thought 16 years old yeah. if I would have just listened to this and not known that. It's always so weird when artists um, are able to sound out of a different era. I mean, like, it just. It Adele's throws, a great right, example. It throws you off when yeah. it sounds like, oh my god, this sounds like doo wop music or this sounds like, you know. Rick Ashley. Right. Sorry. Without hearing the, even hearing the rest of it, it, this band right here just sums up why what we do here on Tuesdays at nine o'clock is such a good idea. Because this is pretty good for a sixteen-year-old kid, and to, for him to get a little exposure for them. Sorry, it's a band. For them to get a little exposure, they're probably good for them. The Underproduced almost adds to it. You're right. I don't know why that's true, but it is. It kind of reminds me of the O'Neaters. It kind of sounds like the Wonder O'Neaters there, the Wonders. Well, Tom Hanks action right there. That's who it kind of reminds me of. Yeah, no, it has that sound. Wouldn't be the worst thing for music to kind of go back to some of that for pop. 
I see the disc, please? Can I can I see the packaging? Thank you. Somebody's asking me whether or not they have a website or like a like social an media, I, like an iHeart account here, and I don't see it. Sorry, when you send Grandma D pics, you not can ask her about all the info. Sending Grandma D pics, <laughs> it's not happening. Well, somebody show me a picture of Donna. I mean, if Grandma's hot. Yeah, we talked about that. Septuagenarians, you would bang. Okay, here it is right here. Instagram.com slash the permanence. Facebook.com slash the permanence. There it goes. Yeah, I want to get that in for a while because, I, dude, this is actually pretty good for a 16-year-old group. Sounds like it would be in a Tarantino movie when John Travolta was driving all under the influence or something like that. Oh, my you God. Know somebody I mean? just tweeted that. That's a, You're absolutely – dude, Amy literally just tweeted 33 seconds ago. It sounds like it could be a track from a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, well, dude, great minds think alike, Amy. Uh, Wayne says here the barrel room should book them ASAP. That's a 16-year-old group there. Yeah. The permanence. Fantone, give me the vote. Not a turd. Every now and then, dude, this is why we do we're local stuff. Right. You get exposed to artists that, you know, obviously don't have the mainstream spotlight on them and honestly don't even have like the local spotlight on Not them. Not at all. You know, I've been to I've been to a million different shows in Canton, Ohio, never heard of these dudes before. And shout out to grandma for uh, for exposing us there. So permanence, here's what I'll tell you. We got a pretty good relationship uh, with management over at Buzzman. Yeah. And so we'll see if maybe yeah. we can't get you guys booked on a show, maybe as a supporting actor. Have to be on something. the weekend. I gotta go to school tomorrow. <laughs> right? I mean, I have to go to it. Luke like, tweets yeah. in and says, forget about uh, number nine, play the whole damn album. And uh, you know what? Bitch, I honest- get out of the way. <laughs> Honestly, I may actually listen to this entire album a- after we are done. I want to. Uh, I-, I want to make mention of this. As Aaron tweets in and says, "You guys sound like you're having a damn good time today." Thanks for the laughs this morning. And I'll be honest with you, we did have a good time today. Yeah, that was a good show. Today was one of those okay. days where I did. I had so much fun doing what I did. Uh, you know what I do for a living. I feel very you know blessed to be walking out of here today having after having fun at work. I know most people don't have that story. And Aaron's absolutely right. We did. We had a loose, very fun, loose feel today. And I feel like the show has benefited from that. So there's uh, the end of New Church Tuesday, brought to you by Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park there. Fishhead is up, uh, up next. And by the way, he will send you out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. He'll do so at 11 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you.